0: And I was like just painting and like I would look over, you know, and then at a certain point, Porty like just grabbed a thing and then started painting it. And I was like, don't say anything. Just be busy. Be cool. <laughs> be fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what
1: I'm doing, but I'm doing my best.
0: Oh, I think my dog just farted.
2: <laughs> oh dear. She likes yeah, to kick it off that. every
0: week that oh way. Oh my god. Gina. Jesus. <laughs> She's I was like, I literally was just like, oh, it's so sweet. Gina's under my feet today. And that is making it not pleasant. <laughs> oh, gross. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. I went, oh, I mean, it's really bad. Oh, wow. Are
2: you are you gonna are you gonna dry here? I
0: don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't, it's like I don't even know what I'm trying to back up. Maybe I just like
3: (laughs) it's a real Larry King situation, RIP. Oh dear. Did you ever hear that? That Larry King. He would fart? That he was a farter. And I also heard that he had like a, I don't know, this could be like an urban legend, but I heard that he had like a complicated system of fans under his desk to to divert farts (laughs) away from guests.
0: I don't know. Oh my God. Do you guys want to know? Wait, do you guys want to know? I'm not going to say who, but I worked with an Actress, a long, long time ago. Oh
4: boy.
0: Who's like very, I think, like, I don't know how, I mean, just like an actress, like a real actress, you know, not like, not like you, Leslie Grossman, or me, Busy Phillips, where people are like, (laughs) you're so relatable. You know what I mean? Like someone who's like definitely not relatable. Right. And at one point, I don't even remember how. Cause we weren't really friends and then all of us like, and then occasionally she would like on this thing we were working on occasionally out of nowhere, she would just say something sort of just like wild to me that <laughs> was deeply personal, but like, I, and it just made me think like, Oh, this is a person that doesn't actually have friends, like have women, right. you know, female friends and doesn't know what to do. And at one point I remember it was just like a lull or something. And she was like, um, I ate this um I'm not doing an impression, guys, just FYI. You know it's really hard for me not to do an impression of people <laughs> always. But she's like, you know, I ate this um I ate this soup last night on set. And then last night, like in bed, I was like, oh no, I had horrible gas. And so, you know, I just like I did the pillow trick and then it was fine. And I was like, What's the what? What do you mean? She had like a significant other that was with her, like in, you know, whatever. And she's like, you know the pillow trick where you just, you take a pillow and you kind of like make it like you're trying to get comfortable like, you know, like spoon the pillow kind of, and then you just fart into the pillow. <laughs> and then you throw it onto the ground next to your side of the bed. And I was like, I have never heard of that. And that's <laughs> fucking amazing. Like, what a wild... Have you guys ever
3: heard of that? Nope. I mean, I... I have never heard that, um, but it seems like it could work. Are we inventing charcoal pillows? <laughs> I'm just it? saying,
0: I'm saying, I'm saying, I've used the trick now the rest of my life <laughs> 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 and it 100% works. Oh, wow. You just God. have to like, you have to be like just a little sneaky about it. And you kind of just have to make it like you're trying to get comfortable and then you fart into the pillow. It has to be a cool. You have to know it's going to be quiet, though. Although I guess the pillow sometimes muffles the noise. I don't know. But this is like if you're with somebody you don't want to fart in front of. But I just I had like I had a boyfriend who was like it was that was just like not the vibe. Like he <laughs> didn't want any he did not want me to be a person. Yeah. So, no real no real. stuff alone. Happening. Right, let alone that. So that was where I where I really used that that trick for that relationship. But anyway, starting off on a good foot. Hi, Maybe guys. Maybe you I mean, can,
2: can, can you teach your dog the pillow trick? Teach your dog the pillow trick. You. That's what
3: I was going to say, or strap a pillow to her <laughs> hindquarters.
0: <laughs> um, I'm truly, wait, hold on. I'm trying to like sign up for this like thing. Leslie, you know, this is always like, first half of the podcast is me just Mm -hmm. doing some light housekeeping. Just a little, (laughs) just clerical. Does this involve
2: children and school and signing stuff up?
0: No, no, no. I am, I'm going to do like, kind of like a retreat retreat. type thing.
2: I think that's a great idea. I just did a mini version of that after I dropped Goldie off at camp and it was, Fantastic. And people were like, Are you so sad that you're alone? And I was like,
3: that's literally the best part of it. <laughs> that I'm by myself. That's the whole point. You know what we should do, Busy? Huh. We should introduce our today's guest co-host because we're just talking about her. People know
0: who she is because it says she, her name right there. <laughs> when just, they clicked. Just saying she's Listen, our friend. You've so loved just, her since popular you followed so much career. Not really, but you know what <laughs> I have, I'm relatable busy. And that's what matters. I have. I've followed your career closely. <laughs> I have questions for, I love you on all the horror stories and it's, it's a journey. not a non horror stories, just like other stories, <laughs> <laughs> just our stories. stories, our own personal stories, personal stories, I love seeing you in person always. Well, I do want to tell you guys that, you know, I've sworn off podcasts.
2: I've sworn off of them. Of course, I, obviously. I didn't it? want to do them, but I would never swear off your podcast because I adore the both of you so, so much. So, you know, even on a trip, I was like, this is like a lovely, fun thing I get to do. So thank you for inviting me. I'm happy
0: to be here. Oh, I'm my so gosh. Happy to have you here. We still um, never said
3: her name. It's Leslie Grossman, everyone. Spoiler I did alert. say it. I did say it.
0: I said it. Did and you? I said it in the beginning. I know okay. I said it. All right. I did say I said it. It's all recorded. Multiple times. So, so now yeah. I'm now oh my mom. Oh my God. Okay, wait. Friday is Bertie's party. You guys, Bertie, are you ready for this? Oh boy, what? 13 on Friday the 13th. Ooh,
3: that's mm-hmm. cheap. That's that's a horror story. And by party, I just want everybody, like,
0: uh, I just want everybody at home, this is like, look, you know, COVID, blah, got it, I get it. All the, there's uh, four kids, they're all vaccinated and they're all getting tested that day. That's
2: fair. Perfect. And it's,
0: uh, and I went one step further and I got, and I'm doing like an outdoor sleepover, like in a glamping tent,
2: I I feel like I know which
0: company. Of course you do.
2: And they're the best. Well, I've never done it. And I,
0: you know, I have to say, sometimes I get really good ideas when I'm either working out or getting a facial. Those are like Mm -hmm. the two places where I get my best ideas. Ask Casey. Casey, that's true, right? That's true. How many times have I called you after a workout and I'm like, we should do a talk show or whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Every time. (laughs) We should book Leslie Grossman on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, anyway, I came, I had a facial, I've been like a little bit because of COVID and because like, I just did, didn't even know what was possible for Birdie's birthday. And I just feel like, oh, God, like, what are we, what are we even doing here? Like, I, I don't know, but I know it's a big, de- it's a big deal. 13 mm-hmm. and the, on the Friday teens.
3: the 13th. Yeah. Which is also, you know, their golden birthday and a spooky day. Are you going to have during the glamping? Are you going to have someone in a hockey mask scare them? (laughs) I mean, obviously me, but
0: (laughs) you imagine,
2: you know, you're doing doing the right thing, though, because, you know, it's funny. I'm at an age in my life where I'm like, if you told me, Leslie, you can never leave your house again. I'd be like, oh, well, like I'd be (laughs) actually fine with that. I cannot do my child to the same existence. Right. And the thing that's been so, I mean, there's a thousand things that are so terrible about this time, but when you're the mother of a younger child that I'm just like, no, no, I can't have this be her childhood experience. I just can't. Like, I, I need her to, to have some normalcy. And I think it's, you have done everything possible. I mean, gosh, you've had them vaccinated. You're having them tested. They have a right to celebrate, to see their friends and to do it in a way that you've Mitigate it as much as you possibly can. I don't think having nothing is the right choice. Yeah. I really, really don't. Because yeah. mental health is major, and like yes. I'm, I can't. Like when school first shut down, I was like, I get it. That's the right thing. I swear to God, if her school closes for this year, I, 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 I well, and it's
0: it's not even we, me. You know, the school around the corner from where we were renting in New York. They were in person. They were potting, but they were in person, and the kids were able to go. My kids went to school the entire school year last year. That's so lucky, and they so they never got shut down because they had really great protocols and they took such good care of making sure that it was like safe. But uh, but yeah, but like that, I do think that the benefit, the mental health benefit for especially like the preteens and the teenagers. And like Casey, like you're young guys, you know, you're young men, (laughs) young men, old teens, young adults. Young adults. I think the mental health, like the long-term mental health effects of this time is something that we all, and we all have to like give them a fucking break. Like Cricket has taken to sleeping in bed like every single night uh, with me. And I am just like, you know what, at this point- I wish Goldie would do that. I wow. wish
2: uh, I'd be like, "Come on, do you want to come sleep in my bed?" She'd be like, absolutely not. I would be thrilled. <laughs>
0: Goldie, Goldie's fourteen now, a year older yes, she's than thirty, almost fifteen. Oh wow, Goldie was like one of the first kids. I feel like like you canceled Goldie's bat mitzvah. Right, she was the very first. She one was the first that got, one that got canceled. We had two hundred seventy-five people coming. I remember, oh my God. and I remember. I, had, I don't know if I reached out to you directly, but I remember thinking, like, "Fucking good for you," because it was a it was a time when people were. It was like right on that cusp when people were like, "Do we still do it? Do we not do it? Do we still do it?" And you were like, "It was." Sorry. I'm not going to lie to you. I you know I only have one kid, and her bat mitzvah
2: was something that <laughs> so I was very excited about. Right. I mean, I had. I had a breakdance crew that I hired to walk her into her party. It was going to uh, be great. And was there a um, kid
0: named Dimitri that was hired? Do you know? <laughs> because he used to teach. He used to teach my workout, and I swear to God, he does. He did that. He did bar, like bar and bat mitzvahs and like a breakdance crew. He
2: probably was one of the eight. Him. But yeah. you know, and then we ended up several months later doing like a tiny family in the backyard, which I have to say, she invited five friends, and they did say to their parents that was their favorite bat mitzvah. It was Aww, fun. I love that. But I was going to say, how did she take it? Like canceling. Can the I tell party. you every, like everything, it was, ter- it was devastating. Like this whole, what you have to understand is like, I, you know, my, I, I'm a to- like, <laughs> 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 um, so my life is in a very specific place right now. And, um, you know, things took, such a massive shift in my life. I don't know anything
0: about that, Leslie. So So we don't um, have anything
2: in common. (laughs) We have nothing in common. So I just, you know, first of all, I tell people right now I'm 10 seconds from tears at all times, like at all times, 10 seconds from tears. Like I may seem fine. Give me 10 seconds. I can be in a full meltdown cry. So she dealt with it um, she was really upset and really sad. And it was just the first of many really fucked up, sad, awful things that, yeah. and that's now nothing like that But So being canceled is now tiny compared to the other things that she and me and my family and all of us have had to go through. So, you know, I don't know. People tell me all the time, kids are resilient. And I'm like, I don't want her to be resilient. I don't <laughs> want her to need to be resilient. I want right. her to kind of float through this period of her mm. life. So she was bummed. It was awful. It sucked. Yeah. She worked really, really hard for a really long time Yeah, and really wanted that experience. And also her friends have been having their bar bat mitzvahs for like a solid nine months before. Right. So she was like ready for her day. And then it got yanked away. And it's just like, oh, okay. Oh.
3: I know. I so strongly identify with that. We talk about it actually later in the podcast with um, the woman that we're interviewing, Sheena. But my son's school had won like an all expenses paid prom that like by having the most votes, like they really campaigned for it and they worked really hard. And that prom went, then graduation went. And then, you know, and then freshman year of college went. I and hate it. Yeah. So it's really, but I have to say my, my son, I keep saying this about him. Cause he's also been through a lot uh, lately, both of my kids, but he's the best person to have. Like <laughs> he always makes me feel kind of like, Oh, you know, cause I'm like, this is awful. This is terrible. And he's like, well, you know, it could be worse. And I'm like, don't, please don't tempt fate. But that's you know? great. Like, yeah. How amazing
2: that he has that attitude. That's really amazing. You're I mean, a good k-
3: mama. kind of until something actually is worse. And then I'm like, thanks for mentioning that it could have gotten worse.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Birdie's, Birdie's, the, Birdie's not like Lincoln at all. Birdie's like, this is all trauma. <laughs> and I am like, this is the worst it could get. You know? And sometimes yeah. Bertie's right. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, dude, it's literally just
3: Baskin Robbins.
0: You know what <laughs> I mean? We're gonna we're gonna live without stopping right now.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think but, I think Lincoln realizes it's trauma. I think he's just attuned to everyone's trauma so much that he's like yeah. Well, my I have like a medium trauma and this person has a double XL. You know Are you
0: a temple Ecar person? Is that where
2: you go? Yeah. No.
3: No, I have many
0: friends that do. And I
3: love that rabbi.
2: She's incredible. That's what I was going to say. I just fucking love that rabbi. No, she's wonderful though. Yeah. Yeah. I've she was actually, I saw her give a eulogy for a young person who died at like it was impossible, like that was impossible. And she was incredible in that environment because that's like that's a real test. And she was wonderful. This is really going in a sad and depressing direction. And I don't mean to, (laughs) I mean, listen,
3: sometimes it just does. It's
0: sometimes I'm not gonna, I I just feel like Leslie at this point, I I try (laughs) to like. If it's gonna be sad, and let's just let it be. I didn't know, you guys. I did because you know. Here's the thing, Leslie. When are you doing your podcast? It's like you and Paulson. (laughs) It's like best friends forever. You know, whatever.
2: We have like we joke about it. We've talked about it. I just I don't. I know me, and I know I'll be like I want to do this, and then three months in, I'd be like. I don't want to
0: do it anymore like I, I'm oh, afraid Casey, I'm going would you like would you like to tell Leslie about my phone call to you at six forty-five <laughs> this morning or I whatever <laughs> I however early I call I was just like are we doing should we are we still doing this does this make sense are you sure we should keep doing this and Casey was like okay well let's just this is the call that I get now every two weeks <laughs> Um, no, I get that. I definitely get that. Okay. So when you do, but when you do podcasts, one thing that we've learned in our, we, we're not quite at a year, are we? Yeah. Almost.
3: I think we just passed a year.
0: Yeah. Or we're, why didn't we
3: celebrate? I don't know. I'll, I'll check, but yeah, uh, I'll check. check when,
0: but anyway, uh, no, it didn't launch until I don't know when it launched anyway. But one thing we've learned is that, like, in order to get people to listen to your podcast, you have to go on other podcasts because podcast people are podcast people and they, like, listen to each other's podcasts. So anyway, also because of Girls5Eva and, like, I'm sure you have to when you're, like, promoting Horror Story or, like, any of the things, like, or AHS, what are they? You just, it doesn't, it's not even called Horror Story anymore. Whatever it is. (laughs) It's so hard because I love all the Ryan Murphy things. And then sometimes I'm just like, there are too many. Like, I can't. I will say this, and this is I have nothing to do with this. I don't even know
2: why I'm talking about it, but well, it's because people I love are on it. You guys are gonna die when you see a crime story. You're actually gonna die. The new I well, you story. know,
0: uh, you know, my I was real upset that um I was going to audition for Ann Coulter. <gasps> and then oh I my did god, it, and then they and then they offered it to whoever it was that was doing it. And then I guess she's not doing it now. And now Kobe Smolders is doing it, which actually then I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, Kobe is like great for that. But I was like really trying, like I was really like working on it. And then, <laughs> and I was so annoyed when they, this was pre-Girls 5 Eva. And then I was like so fucking annoyed when it was like an offer to someone because <laughs> I hate, that's my least favorite thing. And I'm just like, guys, this is why I quit acting. So that's literally like, I've never not had that happen where I like test for something
2: and then they were like, no, it was always an offer to someone else. We were just sort of filling time until that person- It is, there's nothing.
0: (laughs) That's the, I swear to God, I feel like that is the worst part of being an actor. It's the time waste, yeah. You know that Mark and Abby were friends with, they cast this this woman, they met her because they cast her in their (laughs) film school short- film that like got them basically got them their manager and then they sold Never Been Kissed like before they graduated from USC. Wow. But they had cast this actress and a couple years after that or a year or two after that, she was cast cast as Samantha on Sex in the City. Oh no. And oh, no. then but like Darren, Darren Starr had apparently always wanted Kim Cattrall and she was saying, no, no, no. And then they, like this woman, this actress, Lou flew to New York, like, you know, for the job was moving to New York. There was like a big going away party for her and everything. No, no,
2: no. Flew to New
0: York and, um, and did the table read and was then like Kim Cattrall's came back. Came, like, she came back around, and she wanted to do it. Because she was a star. Like, Kim Cattrall right. was like... And they paid they paid Lou out. And obviously, she is not Samantha from Sex and the City. And it was, like, I think really just the most devastating thing. I want you to know that that story
2: um, has filled me with a rage that now I will carry with me for the rest of my days. I also, like, here's the thing about acting when people ask me like, should I do it or do I want to? I'm like, this is what you need to know right off the bat. The amount of ways that you are going to get your feelings hurt is it's not even quantifiable because you would think like, Oh, well, okay. So all of these terrible things have happened to me. I've re- no, the odds are not in your favor. There's no. no odds. It can never end because there's so many different ways for bad things to happen. My uh, Jenny Connor and Ali Rushfield wrote a pilot a thousand years ago. That was being made at ABC and there was a part for Leslie Grossman. And I went, they made me test for it, and I didn't get the part of Leslie Grossman. Oh, you never oh get the part God. that they write for you, by the right. way. Right. I just want to so, say that. Oh, that's horrible. a that is a given. That is a given. I mean, that's like that's like tattooing someone you're dating's name on your body. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, you're guarantee it's not gonna work out, I guess. Oh but my so God. it's like I've had like every really horrible thing has happened. So you have to just be able to say, okay, well, now that's another thing on my list of terrible things that have hurt my feelings that part of me will never get over. And I've died a little bit today. I was
0: like, weird. I mean, she does not act, hasn't acted for, I mean, honestly, at least, I mean, at least 16, 17 years, this woman, Lou. But there is part of me when like, it, you know, obviously there's whatever drama there is with, Kim Cattrall and the Sex and the City people, and they're redoing, you know, they're doing a yeah, new right. whatever, what is it called? What is it what called? Is it, it's, it's so like, weird. And then,
2: there was two. No. I don't know. What yes, is it called? I know it's, it's like, like, and it's just like, like that. Oh, and, and just, just like that. that.
0: Oh, oh yeah. my God. And just like <laughs> that. Anyway, but when they announced that, I was like, good Lord, why wouldn't you call that actress Lou <laughs> and be like, just let's Aunt Vivit like you just come in or like Samantha yeah
3: or she's always like a fever right yeah like
0: yes or like or Or Samantha got so much
3: plastic surgery that she looks like this woman guys there
0: are workarounds all I'm saying have we never watched soap operas all I'm saying is like also just like bring that lady in for like an episode you know what i right, mean just give right. give it the thing i don't know
3: i'm not much of an actor but i feel like like on a on a micro scale a lot of similar things happen to writers oh, and yeah. it just like in life hollywood break but also regular person break um wherever you are it sucks to be the backup at any point in your life and so when you're trying to be an actor or writer it seems like a Like there's a lot of times where you're going to be not someone's first choice. And it's, you know, it's not a good feeling in relationships. It's not a good feeling in friendships to be someone's backup friend. And so trying to make like an entire career out of it is like, and good for you if you're never the backup, but most people who (laughs) do it. Are the I wonder backup. what that's
2: like, never being the backup. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a really, it's a good lesson for yourself because it's really a perfect way to say, okay, well, am I going to let some outside things define who I think I am? Or am mm. I going to define who I think I am? Because people are going to always try to let you know who you are on the totem pole right. and where, and like, this is where you fall in this. And right. you're allowed to say like, okay, that's your opinion. That's, I'm not absorbing that. It's really hard. It's, it's really, really, really hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because people want to tell you all the time, like, no, this is who you are because I've decided this is who you are. Right. And it's, it's really, and and also it's just because I'm old now. If I, at 25, I was like, oh,
3: you've told me this is who I am, then I guess that's who I am.
2: (laughs) So it takes a long time to be able to say, oh, no, okay, your opinion is just an opinion. It's not the truth.
0: Well, that's, I mean, yes. And that's like the whole thing that I feel like is, it's so frustrating that it takes, feels like it takes most yeah. Women, although I might be mental, I may be meant to um <laughs> until they're in their like later 30s, early forties to like have that realization and and then and then come to terms with it and then start the process of like unraveling. Well, wait, who wait, what wait, what am I? Who am oh, I? What's so it? hard?
2: I think all the time, God, I wish I had all the stuff that I feel like I know now, if I could have supplanted that in my 20-year-old self and how different the trajectory of my life would have been. But that's literally, like,
0: there's no way to do it. You have to have experience. You're like, that's the, then you're like Emma Stone. Yeah. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. But maybe that's, that's what true. those, maybe, like, that's what, like, people who have a great like I don't know, I don't know. There are there are people that I see who are in there, and maybe it's a generational thing as well. Because I am very big about Gen X mm-hmm. and how fucked we are. Why do you think we're fucked? Like, what's your lots main- of reasons? Well, we're like forgotten. We're like left. Al- we were left alone. Yeah. We were forgotten. Did you guys watch Woodstock '99 yet? No, I haven't.
3: No. It I'm, looks really terrifying. I'm kind of it worried is. that it will be like it will it's, give me sweaty palms. I don't want to say a, trigger yes. me, but right.
0: Yeah, <sighs> trigger and gaslight. Yeah, the words of 2021. Yeah, <laughs> yes. they really are. Um, but here's what I am gonna say, and I, I am going to give our listeners at home, uh, many of whom are our age generation, uh, trigger warning, because I actually did have a really hard time watching it because it is so familiar in its um like audacity and, and, and meanness and just, dis- and like grossness.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, and it's, and it's hard as a, as a woman to like watch it and remember that time so clearly and remember like how it felt and like what it was like. Cause that mm. was
3: the stuff that was just being put out there. It was well, out there. It wasn't even right. what was like under the surface. Like the no, real, no, no. Bad, was, you know, it was, no, it was very pe- clear. People were <laughs> so proud of it. Yes. And I've noticed lately, I feel like a creep back toward that. I feel like, I feel oh. like for like a oh. mi- a minute. Yeah. We were like, oh, we did a lot of bad shit in the past. Like we did we did a lot of people dirty and we did a lot of people wrong. And we should ask forgiveness and really like examine the way that we were in the past. And I know that's talking about like the 1990s and the early 2000s. And I feel like that lasted for like five minutes. And now people <laughs> are just like, oh, by the way. We're over that. We're bored. There's a backlash. Let's be as horrible as we ever were.
0: Function of beauty. Function of beauty. What is your function? Function of beauty. You know when it starts what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about function of beauty. (laughs) We love it. We love having a good hair day. We love having a good smelling hair day. Guys, guess what? We love showering. We love (laughs) cleaning our bodies from top to bottom. We love cleaning the hair on our head and conditioning it and having it smell delicious. We love washing our legs and our feet with body wash and a little puffy sponge. But But especially hair. But we love our Function of Beauty for our hair care products because they make products that are 100% customized to your needs. So you can actually turn your good hair days into good hair life. We love it. You know what Function of Beauty is, guys. It's the world leader in customizable beauty offering customized formulations for your hair's needs. If you haven't done it yet, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take a quick but thorough quiz You're going to tell Function of Beauty a little bit about your hair type. What do you have? Is it straight? Is it wavy? Is it curly? Is it coily? Is it frizzy? What are your hair goals? Look, when the seasons change, your hair goals can change. You can switch up your goals based on how your hair looks and feels at any time, or you can keep your formula the same month to month. Then you get to choose your color and fragrance, or some people... Go fragrance and dye free. After the quiz, Function of Beauty will send you your 100% customized formula along with a regimen card with other recommendations on when and how to use your products. Function of Beauty also just launched its best-in-class subscriber program, which I'm on. Function with benefits. Love yes. it. Subscribers get discounts on every order. A free treatment, like a hair mask or a serum or a leave-in on every every four orders. And access to exclusive fragrances and colors, early access to new products, and more. Here's what I want to say too, guys. Function of Beauty has saved my house from fights about whose shampoo is in whose bathroom and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Cricket takes baths, Birdie takes showers, I take showers and baths. It's a mess. <laughs> but the point being, we know whose products are whompses because we use Function of Beauty and it just says our name right there on the your thing. name is right on it. It's and we like- have different colors. Anyway, turn your good hair days into a good hair life. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Best, take the quiz and save 20% on your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash best to let them know that you heard about it from our show because we need credit and get 20% off of your order. That's so exciting. Functionofbeauty.com slash best. Athletic greens, why do you take it? Athletic greens, what benefit does it give you? athletic greens does it taste good athletic greens replace your multivitamin you have to answer the questions that you didn't it was a call and response casey you didn't do it
3: (laughs) oh i didn't there you didn't leave any space between the singing i felt like. well
0: i don't you had to go fast
3: (laughs) i got it Now (laughs) we We did we did not rehearse this (laughs) no we don't rehearse anything that
0: we do ever um Athletic Greens, guys. I really enjoy taking it, I take it because listen, digestion is an in, is an issue for me and I know when I have my Athletic Greens in my smoothie that I'm like taking care of and I always feel different. I always feel better. I can tell.
3: Yeah. And it's so easy. It's just, you're making your coffee in the morning, your tea in the morning. If you are a smoothie person, just make some athletic greens. It's such an easy way to just work it into your daily life. One tasty scoop of athletic greens contains
0: 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral probiotic greens, superfood blend, and more. It all works together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus and aid with digestion. See, I said that. It does help me with my digestion (laughs) and supports your healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills. Because sometimes I look at those pills and I'm just like, not today, not today, (laughs) sir. Also, this is lifestyle friendly, whether you're, Keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on the taste. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system. They're offering the, our audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit our link today. Visit athleticgreens.com busy and join health experts, athletes, health-conscious go-getters, and just random-ass podcasters <laughs> who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash busy, and you can get a free year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Today! Well, I think that there are people who are using the last chunk of time as an opportunity and any anytime there is like a little bit of a step forward right there's there's some faction of people who are going to see it and be like that's not what we want so we're going to like go twice as hard to try to slam the door (laughs) shut and so I mean yeah it's I do I get what what you're saying
2: I I think what's so upsetting too, and you see it a lot right now with like COVID deniers and anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers, that there's a lot of like sociopathy in our culture. I don't know. I think it's all over, but I think in America, you really see it where people are not burdened by a conscience. Like, you know, I think we see it in like our highest levels of government. Like Mitch McConnell isn't up in the middle of the night worrying about people's ability to like get food on the table. He's sleeping fine. Like he has no problem. And I think you really see that. And people like want to feed that, like it, that feels good to them, which is really intense. Like someone wrote a comment to me today on Instagram and, you know, I'll go through phases where I turn my comments off and that'll go for months and months and months. And then sometimes I'll turn them back on. And sometimes I read them and sometimes I don't, but, um, you know, I post. I'm annoying, and I post. I, I really feel strongly about people getting vaccinated and caring about their fellow human. And somebody wrote to me, "Your health isn't my responsibility, and my health isn't yours." And wow. I that was so disturbing to me, you know. Wow. And it was so um, intense. It's like, no, this is a this is a contagious disease. So your health is my responsibility, mm-hmm. right. and my biggest like the thing with COVID, obviously. I don't want to get terrible COVID and wind up in the hospital. But guess what I really don't want to have happen? Me give it to someone else that I love or even just someone I don't even know. And then they get critically ill. I don't know. Like that would fuck me up so badly. And what we're seeing is people who are like, I don't care about you your health is not my responsibility. Yes, it is. Right, A stranger's health is my responsibility right now. I have a responsibility to you and to
3: my community. It's a natural conclusion when you think about how many people are like, yeah, no, my guns are none of your business. (laughs) And it's like, well, okay, but when your gun is used to, you know, accidentally kill someone or intentionally kill someone or whatever then it kind of becomes other you know and so contagiousness is similar in that way to a bullet flying or a car mm-hmm. crashing into people on a sidewalk or whatever like we do it, it's it's a natural conclusion i think to this constant drumbeat we have in america of like freedom but it gets perverted to where like your freedom means more than anyone else's freedom to live
0: right.
2: Right. And this and this is and this safely. is
3: where
0: and this is where I get real crunchy when people <laughs> try to say and say to me, well, but you're, you know, you're very um pro-choice. And isn't that as isn't your body, aren't you allowed to just do with your mm. body what you want to do with your body? Mm. And I get so fucking wild because like my reproduction actually doesn't impact you and mm-hmm. doesn't affect you or your elderly grandpa. But <laughs> <laughs> right, but you not deciding to like be irresponsible could impact
3: my mm-hmm. elderly grandpa. I mean, it's just not... Lo- people are just not being logical. Imagine if... So here's something I do to my body sometimes. Sometimes I get tattoos, right? Okay, imagine if um, I walked around and my tattoos spread to other people that didn't want them and suddenly they found themselves with like wolves howling at the moon on their bodies because I walked by them. I might I
0: might reconsider. Guys, here we are. We're at the part of the podcast where Casey comes up with an analogy <laughs> and this is like, don't put your wolves on my body. <laughs> And that's our new T-shirt, guys. Don't put your howling wolves on my My body. body. It's a genius,
2: genius. I mean,
0: that's
3: actually a really brilliant way to put it. It really is. It just might make me reconsider if there's a chance that what I'm putting on my body is going on someone else's body against their will. It might make me consider, oh, I'm not going to do that. Right now, because right, for what, the good wow. of everyone, wow. not everybody wants a howling wolf on their body. What's that saying, though? I don't know how to tell you that you should
2: care about other people. Yes. yes. Like, I don't yeah. know how to te- like, OK, like, how I do you not get it? I don't <laughs> I don't understand. And I it's, know that there's more good people than bad people. And there's so many people who are so fantastic and wonderful and care so much but this is, you know, there was that um, Jennifer Aniston had that interview. Oh, where I know. She was like, I've cut people out of my lives who won't get vaccinated. And, you know, people had so much to say about that. And I was like, no, no, but that's an that's that's a really good clue into who they are as people. Right. So and unless I mean, look, there are people that have very specific medical issues and they are not able to get vaccinated. I'm Truly. not talking to those people. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Um that's a that's in, that's indicative of a worldview. And you're allowed right. to say, I don't want those people around me if that's your worldview.
3: Right. It's just you're just making another choice with your body, which people should respect if that's yeah what their whole mantra is. We talked about a little bit about this last week and asked people to let us know what they were doing to try to convince reluctant people to get, um, vaccines. And I have to say a lot of people wrote in saying that they've been trying and they haven't really had a lot of success. One person had a ton of success and I don't want to blow her up, but the things that she did, I, I deeply admire. Wait, what What? what did she do? We need to know. I'm not going to say this person's name because I didn't ask permission to say their name, mm-hmm. but um, she turned off the internet um, to some elderly relative's uh, house. Stop it. And when they called to ask her, no. the young person, to turn it back <laughs> on, to help them turn it back on, <laughs> she said she would, could only come over if they got vaccinated.
2: Well, good for her. You know, I it's hard because, you know, I am such a direct person and I had, um, you know, I've just, I did a remodel on my house and I've just moved back in. And so I have to have people coming in and out a lot right now to do stuff. And there was this young guy who was coming in to do some work, by the way, like ridiculously good looking, adorable young guy. And when he was walking in, I was like, are you vaccinated? And he said, no. And I was like, okay, then you're gonna have to wear your mask. And then as he was leaving, I did say to him, I was like, can I ask why you're not vaccinated? And he was like, oh, it's just, I don't trust it. And it's too experimental or whatever. And I, you know, I, I took a breath. And uh, I just said, I, can, can you, can you think about it, please? I was like, can you please just think about it? I was like, young and healthy people are getting really, really sick. And even if you personally don't get really sick, so many people can. And then I said, and I was trying to be nice. And then I said, if someone around you gets COVID and they get it really badly and you've given it to them, I want you to think about me telling you that you should have gotten vaccinated. Wow. Whoa! And he was, ah, and he was I like, love it! He was like, oh, bye. Like, I was just, it was not appropriate on any level. But I, I was like, think it. of me. Just think No, but it listen,
3: down. you're one of the stars of American Horror stories. <laughs> so. Yeah, it is a <laughs> yeah, little what
0: the, creepy. What's <laughs> a little, I'm, in, I'm like, I feel like that dude probably went. But like, I mean, can maybe. I take
3: a second to make another metaphor? Please. People don't want to get vaccinated because they think it's experimental. Oh my God. But can I tell you that when you come in contact with the COVID virus, that virus is in effect vaccinating you with really fucking experimental shit that's about to happen to your body. You Mm -hmm. don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to mutate. So just because it didn't go into your body with a needle doesn't mean that it's not an actually really bad, ever-changing thing. So if you don't want shit in your body that you're not sure what's going to (laughs) happen or where it came from, or where it came from, Mm -hmm. why would you not do a small thing to prevent this actually, factually, statistically... Horrifying shit to come into your body. You could stop that. If you don't like bad shit in your body, COVID's just makes- bad shit.
2: Yeah. You know, my mom told me when she was a girl and the polio vaccine became available to everybody Mm -hmm. that it was such a point of pride and like American pride to go get your polio vaccine. And that she said there was a thing called it was like shots, like Saturday shots. Mm. And it was like a party atmosphere and that there were like all the public schools would have you could go get your shots on Saturdays or your polio, whatever it was. But then I think it was maybe you would they would put because when I was little, I remember the polio vaccine was a sugar cube on my tongue. It wasn't a shot. I don't remember it.
0: I remember it really, really. Wait, I didn't vividly. probably wait, did I not get it? Don't you not get it anymore? No, you I don't. Didn't. Know. No, you got, got it. it. You probably needed it to go to school. MM I, I I don't know, like I thought that it was eradicated so then people weren't getting it anymore. That's
2: a good question. I I, I don't I don't remember if my daughter had a polio I vaccine. Can't I have her list of all her vaccines. I know, I know she's had everything.
3: And that's also a really good point. All of this shit that we eradicated with vaccines is such not a big deal anymore because we got vaccines that we can't even remember what we've been vaccinated for or well, not. Well, what
2: happens is is that there's too many people who don't know anyone who had polio. Right. And if you know someone who had polio, then you would know how serious that shit yes. is. And you would do anything to make sure you didn't get it and your loved one
0: didn't get it. Yes. Yes. Our kids didn't get it. It wow. hasn't been used uh, since 2000. No, oh, yeah, our kids didn't get it. Yeah, our children didn't go. get it. Do they um, get smallpox?
2: Busy because I know smallpox was eradicated. I think also, but I wonder. Polio if was-, was
0: eliminated from the United States in 1979, the year I was born. Wow! And in the Western Hemisphere in 1991.
3: Wow! So we've done it before. It's it would be possible. Wow. But I also think another thing that is very, seems uniquely American, but maybe it just seems that way because that's my experience, which is kind of like proving my own point, is that people constantly talk about doing. I did my own research and I came to this <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> I'm
0: and sorry. I'm just like, I really think- did my own research is like, I have, this is now, I've like seen this on a, I've had, I've had, I've had a, guys, I've had a moment this past week or two with people that I, no no and I'm just like what and it's it's like done I just I'm like I can't I can't entertain this fucking bullshit anymore like I'm not Mm -hmm. do your own research motherfucker okay all right love (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I'll go to your fucking site (laughs) no I can't
2: Uh -uh. I have no tolerance for it I really don't and there's all these articles about how you kind. And if you really want to change people's mind, I'm just like, I'm, maybe I'm just not, not that person. I don't anymore. know.
0: But here's what I'm going to say. We need, I'm going to stop talking about this because listen, okay. the people who listen to this podcast know how I know. Feel. I know. And yeah. no, no, no. And, and if they don't want to get vaccinated, we're just they're they've already turned us off. And the other <laughs> thing is, uh, maybe we, I mean, I hope that we can all have conversations with people. I, I personally, if you're sitting there and you're like, I know someone and I feel uncomfortable by it. Same girl, same. I'm with you because I have had an experience in the last two weeks where I'm like, was talking about it with Casey on the phone this morning, where I'm like, I literally don't even know what to do. I'm like, I, and I feel stuck.
3: It's putting you and, in a position to make a choice. Yeah, to and I and I don't cut and something I, out of your life that's like important to you. Well, but I, well, it's
0: done. It's fun. I'm done. sorry
2: we went. Sorry, on this it's COVID done. Rant.
0: Let's it's talk done. about something fun for, with our time together. With the time that we to, have, to bring it all the way back. <laughs> I went on this podcast to promote, yes. I think, Girls Five Eva on this podcast, and we start the podcast and the and I like okay. One thing that the everybody here knows that I need to share with you is that I don't read emails really clear, like really closely that are sent to me. I don't like particularly pay attention. Like when my, like when my people send stuff my way or like my publicist, they're like, you're going to go do this talk show. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm, Oh, my God, I'm doing Watch What Happens Live today. And I'm, like, on my way there. Right. Okay? Like, that's the kind – Like, this is the (laughs) attention to detail I have at this point in my career, which is, like, tell me when to show up and what to wear and have somebody show up and do my face and we're good. So, anyway, I start this podcast and um, it was two women and we were sort of, like, chatting before. And then she was, like, busy. Like, okay, so – blah, 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 blah. And then she was like, I just want to know like a thing that you're like not over or something like that. And I don't, I don't even know if I like, it went so dark so fast (laughs) and you guys, I was doing a pop sugar podcast (laughs) about like, what, like, 90s thing are you, like, not over yet? Like, is it, like, the Britney-Justin breakup? Or, like, whatever. And I don't, I can't even, I won't even, it came out today. I'm not even going to listen to it. I just remember when it became clear to me that that was what I was supposed to answer. I think I, I think I answered, like, rape. or something. I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm still not over, like, like Harvey Weinstein. Like, I don't even yes. fucking know. It was just so Maybe it was Britney Spears. Maybe I was like her because it was because we did it a couple of weeks ago. I don't even fucking know. I just know that it went, I went so down into this like very dark like thing of like how my brain works, where I'm just like, well, this is a thing that I can't, I'm not over. I can't stop thinking about it. It really drives whatever. And then they were like, mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I'm so like, oh shit. Is that not what you? Oh, you just meant like something fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My brain is not there these days, That's, guys. I don't know. You it's must have fun. said
3: you must have said something because it did come out today. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I have gotten the Google alert of oh, whatever you said was picked up.
0: Shit. Oh we, can you just Let's look, look right now? Will you just look? Just look, you look for me because I can't do that for myself. (laughs) Oh my God, let's (laughs) In the meanwhile, I want to tell you what my free will astrology just popped up and said um, for this week. Life always delivers the creative energy you need. Life always delivers the creative energy you need to change into the new thing you must become,
3: Leslie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Busy, it doesn't even say. It's just, it just (laughs) says... um, she talks about the pop culture moments she's not over, oh, okay.
4: including
3: her BFF, Michelle Williams' tragic fate on Dawson's Creek. It just said including. Oh. It didn't. No, but I'm okay. saying it's not, uh-huh. it's not saying what you right. said because it's probably too dark to print, I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Okay, well, so 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 I, I don't even know. I, I I It wasn't great. And maybe they edited it out because maybe they were like, that's not what this podcast is about. Can you talk about Dawson's Creek? Maybe. You know what I mean? And <laughs> you know, I
3: was like... <laughs> Fine, that's, that's redirect. Let's Busy. redirect. Do you remember on Busy Tonight? This is, okay, here's a fun behind the scenes from Busy Tonight for people that are listening. Tina Fey was one of our executive producers along with Busy and me and uh, Eric Gurion, who you've heard us mention, and uh, David Miner, who you haven't heard us mention, um, but Tina would pitch ideas for the show and she had this idea for the show that we loved oh because we were we always, loved it. we were she always wanted trying to do it. She wanted to do it. We were always trying to do like little, like we did be true Hollywood story, which was like a true Hollywood story, but it was like a funny, embarrassing moment that we'd reenact with like Tracy Ellis Ross or whatever. Or we made people's dreams come true or we or did that insane, yes.
0: like, American Horror Hamster or whatever.
3: Yeah, that was great. It was actually that was really was one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> it was on. really fun. And we, we made it. Mario Kart for who did we make Mario Kart? Shane West. For? Shane West. And we made uh, a whole park appear for. Um, Josh Groban. For Josh Groban. Yeah, so that those were successful bits that we did on Busy tonight. Tina had an idea because we were all, we were all criers at the show. She <laughs> wanted to do this bit called Take Me to the Place You Cried. She was like
0: it is a, and it is just true. Anyone who's like in entertainment, especially actors, like have a story of where they had their breakdown in LA. <laughs> right. Like where like I know mine is the corner like where you get you could either go on to Cahuenga or you could get on the 101 <laughs> yes. off Highland. And I was late to an audition at Warner Brothers and this uh. motherfucker would not let me in. And I was like practicing my lines. And I had just like literally gotten off the phone with my manager telling me I wasn't getting another job, uh. you know, and I lost my shit on the guy that wouldn't let me in. And I was just like, I just want to be an
3: actor. <laughs> Like, it was totally insane and uncalled for. The idea for the bit was that we would get guests who, you know, we'd get them to tell us the place where they cried and, like, to recount the funny story of where they had a meltdown. And we would take them there and, like, reclaim the space. Like, do Mm -hmm. some type of ritual, whether we, like, do a dance or recite a a poem or something (laughs) to, like, reclaim the spot where you cried and say, like, it's all okay now. You're in a better place. And like, let's let's take this place mm-hmm. back. I love that. It would have been so fun. We Literally, loved it too. Every guest we pitched it to, we would be like, "So, do you have like a place <laughs> that you cried?" And they'd be like, "Well, mm. there was that apartment on Sunset where like uh, my, my wife, next door neighbor was murdered. My, and- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I I couldn't find my chihuahua, and then I found his body folded up into the sofa.
0: Ugh. You know what I mean?" When I tell you, it was like the stories were so sad and so, <laughs> so dark, dark,
3: and, and not it was like, at say, we all. Can't do this? Yeah. No. we're looking for like a lighthearted, like <laughs> I lost my shit moment. And every person was like, "Oh, here's the place where you know I found out that my entire life was a lie, and I was well, my accountant had taken all my money."
2: <laughs> Those are too dark. So, busy. I have a question. Now that you are you're living in New York. Mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I do most of my crying in my car. Like that's my main cry mm-hmm. place. So I always mm-hmm. have like a full, you always have to have puffs plus, because if mm-hmm. you're in a phase where you're crying a lot, a regular Kleenex is going to really make your nose too rough. Too rough, correct. So I always have like a three pack of puffs plus wherever I am. And in my mm-hmm. car, there's always one. And so, and I always notice people crying also in their cars. And I always want to be like, same, like I get it. And I was thinking, like, a couple of things. Number one, there should be a like throughout the city. There should be parking lots, like cry lots, where you can pull over and you can all cry together, but in your own cars. But you can mm-hmm. be together, spiritually, mm-hmm. emotionally crying. Mm-hmm. But then I wonder, like, because I've lived in New York, and like, what would I do right now? Like, you can't just openly weep on the subway, and you're not yes. like, able to. Yes. So I guess you just openly and like when you're walking on the street in New yes. York, like where do you have? Okay. Yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> all, <laughs> all. All.
0: Yes.
2: A hundred percent
3: fully cry and it's really it's interesting because when i lived in new york i a number of times had um like you'd see someone crying on the subway which we've talked Mm. about we talked about with chris gethard on the podcast um about how awry that can go when you try to help someone who's (laughs) crying
0: leslie wait this is the best thing ever guys if you haven't listened to that episode um it may have been me that he saw on, I'm not even kidding you. It like feels like it was, and we're just going to go, we said Move forward decided that it's we decided true. it is me. The timing lines up. I had such a major fucking meltdown on a subway on, on the exact train going the same way. Um, at night, uh, at when I was in New York, when I was like in my 20, early, early ish twenties doing this Broadway workshop thing. And, um, And he, and I don't particularly remember this part, but he said he tried to ask, he like went and was like, are you, to this blonde lady, young woman, (laughs) young woman, if she was okay. And she like was like, no, absolutely not. Don't even fucking talk to me. Get the fuck on. And I swear to God, like. It tracks. Oh, that tracks. (laughs) That is a hundred percent what I would have done.
3: It's so uniquely New York to just openly weep. And so I would, a a million times, I have taken a tissue out of my purse and offered it to someone on the subway. And it's such a crapshoot because it always makes them cry harder
2: yeah because it's so sweet it's such a kind gesture
3: and th- but then i'm like yes that's that's the trade off they're gonna cry harder but also they know someone cares and someone saw them i
2: think that's so classy like not to say are you okay cuz it's too- no but to just just <laughs> quietly hand a tissue like that is so human and lovely and incredible and i agree it would make me cry even harder like this person who doesn't even know me is kind and then this you
3: know this it's really in my life
0: isn't i do think that there is something like I used to now everybody knows me as like an open weeper crier whatever (laughs) and that's that is true that is true to who I am but when I was younger I really really would push that shit down forever forever which is why I cry so much now guys yeah years and years of repression and then once the floodgates opened they just that you cannot, it's like that scene in the Titanic where the gate is, is closed, <laughs> but then the water just is coming through and the people are locked on it. the other side. <laughs> the poor people, that's, that's the,
3: my emotions, or I don't even know. And I think it's anyway, also fairly scientific that women cry for a number of emotions. Like yeah, I did. Yeah. Sadness, but anger, happiness, yeah. etc.
0: I, if I was on the verge always and still. And if somebody in a, in a very genuine kind way said, are you okay? Mm. That's when it would go. That's the only time it would go. (laughs) Yeah. Are you okay? Or how are you doing? Yeah. If, and it seemed
3: like they really were interested. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. One time in New York City, uh, like I was working at Watch What Happens Live. So I was going into work at like 2 p.m. I was working all morning from my home, going into work at like 2 p.m., working all night, coming home after everybody was in bed and waking up after everybody was gone. Ugh. And um, just that was my life. Like that, that was my life. And... That place had a very independent working style. Like there really was no need to talk to each other at that time (laughs) because it was just everybody had headphones on. Everybody had their head down and was working. And one day this uh, doorman, the friendliest doorman in New York City said, how are you doing today, miss? And I burst into tears on the sidewalk (laughs) because I realized it was the first time anyone had spoken to me in Mm. like probably a month. Wow, that's so heavy. And I felt so bad for him because he was like, I just asked how you're doing. I ask everyone, I'm so sorry. But it was like his extra friendliness that I was like, I'm not
2: good, sir. Oh you know, it's so God. funny because, <laughs> sir, I'm not good. Um, I remember being at the airport once and openly weeping outside and a woman coming up to me and telling me that Jesus loves me. Mm. And I remember being like, you're making it worse. <laughs> like, there was, Really, that <laughs> wasn't
1: great.
0: No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Olive and June. Olive and June now I Olive and June They can, Olive and June, I'm just going to say, you guys can use that if you want. Guys, we've heard from so many of you. So many of you have emailed us and said that you love your Olive and June Manny system. Um, It's the answer to salon perfect nails at home. The polish lasts seven plus days, doesn't chip. And with the Manny system, each at-home
3: Manny comes out to just two dollars. It's amazing. We... We're both fans, again, of Olive and June. I'm a big fan of the company. It's woman founded, the founder, Sarah Gibson Tuttle. And she really set out to make a product that solves every single concern or problem you've ever had surrounding trying to do your own manicure at home instead of spending hundreds of dollars at the salon, which right now I'd love to stay out of a salon if I can. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the facts. That's the
0: facts. Uh, But the system comes with all the tools you need in one box. It's super easy. It's five steps and it comes with their special invention. It's a, they call it poppy. It's a little patented brush handle that you put on top of the nail polish so that you can use your non-dominant hand to paint your dominant hand. And, and it looks, it doesn't look like your, you know, second grader did it for you. It looks good is what we're trying to tell you. Listen, I love it, and now and a lot of you love it. We've heard from you already, and if you haven't gotten it yet, the Olive and June Manny System is the secret, okay? And you can get 20% off your first Manny System with our code BEST. So your new nail life is here, guys. Get 20% off your first Manny System when you use the promo code BEST at oliveandjune.com. We are all done with expensive, bad manis. This is who we are now.
3: <laughs> and plus, tag us in your photos of your Olive and June manis. If oh, yeah, you... I want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah, see. I want to see your cute manicures because, uh, you I know. actually have to go do one now.
0: <laughs> I'm not kidding. Because, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to be good to my nails now.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're taking and care Olive of those and nails. Olive June is uh, helping me. Here for that journey. Yeah, Thanks, Olive and June.
0: Thanks, guys. Guys, listen, sex should be a fun thing. And, uh, you know, Foria understands that. Listen, Foria designs all natural sexual intimacy products for women, people with vulvas, and the people who are into those vulvas. That's us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to read you some uh, testimonials. I had a three-minute orgasm and then a five-minute orgasm. All I know is that I had transcended and felt like I was surfing in a perpetual wave pool of pleasure. Oh my God. Get me in that pool, lady. (laughs) Guys, here's what Foria is. They make, they make a few different products. They make, uh, awaken arousal oil. It's like a, A pleasure pregame made with organic broad spectrum CBD and nine plant-based aphrodisiacs that work with the body to enhance pleasure and arousal and ease discomfort. It's formulated for women and people with vulva. It's best used 15 to 20 minutes before some serious lovin' foreplay counts. Okay. They also have sex oil. Get ready to slip and slide with the cleanest lube on the market. For penetration lovers, the <laughs> eye sups—they have like their suppositories. You like put them on up into your uh Business. vaginal canal, vaginal <laughs> canal. I don't know. And um, it has—it provides targeted support to enhance arousal, pleasure, relaxation, and sexual comfort with fifty milligrams of organic broad spectrum CBD. And it can be used
3: vaginally or rectally. It's really like, it's hard to describe. And I know that we're like funny girls and always making jokes or whatever, but the products are really pleasant and nice. Oh, also the bath, the bath salt. Yeah.
0: I had like the relaxation bath salt and there's an arousal one too, but I used the relaxation one the other night and I was like, ready for bed you know what I mean? I just like yeah, felt like, just yeah. like, you know? Yeah. So Foria has just really great products, guys. It's offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash best or use code best at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash best for 20% off your first order. I obviously recommend the bath, but on it but honestly guys get into this suppository cuz maybe you're like me and you're just like it was easy. It was very <laughs> easy to, to use. You just put it on up there. Um, and I think you're going to thank us later. I really do.
2: Oh guys, Can we, should we talk about something fun
0: and light? Okay. Well, first of all, I feel like there's so many admissions of non-bathing this week, celebrity wise. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't, I don't even know where to go with it. And it's so confusing to me. Mm -hmm. And, and then also like not bathing your children, which Mm -mm. like I am, I'm a very non-judgmental parent. I I will just say that and whatever, do what And bathing your kid. I get it. My kids get, like, they don't want to stop what they're doing to take it back. Like nobody, you know, And I have like at times been like, you know, I I don't remember the last time I made birdie wash their hair, but, but I'm not like going on. I'm not, it's not like a source of pride where I'm like, (laughs) and, and mostly just because I'm like a person who has always really enjoyed being very clean. And showering is like the water is the greatest thing I've ever like that I could do. Like I love water on, <laughs> on my own body it's and a, soap it's and a lot. lathering.
3: Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. <laughs> I love, and lathering? <laughs> like, you guys are celebrities, and I'm not a celebrity, but you guys are also my friends, so maybe you won't mind me saying this, because I don't think you're this type of celebrity. But I think there is a point at which you become so famous that you think everyone will be interested and enchanted yeah. in everything that you're going to say. And I don't know if, like they're trying to test it or whatever. (laughs) But like, that's a, like an, I did my own research type of situation, (laughs) like on a micro scale, I did my own research and bathing is not really meh. First of all, I Casey, I want to say this number one, like whenever whenever someone says to me like, well,
2: you're a celebrity. I'm like, okay, first of all, let's, (laughs) let's be clear. I'm a celebrity in that I'm your friend from high school who got some acting work. So let's be (laughs) clear about that. I'm not super comfortable with that term as applied to myself. But I do, the thing about it, like I, the thing, I can find it hard to get motivated to take a shower sometimes. Sure. I'm like, I don't want to like, first of all, I'm also, I am a never nude. I don't enjoy being naked. I would, if I could just take a shower in a scuba suit, I probably would. Like, I don't enjoy that, but I'm one of those people that once I get in the shower, I'm like, this is fantastic. Yes. Why do I not do this? all the time, which I do. I'm a good bather, but why do I fight it? Like, I don't know why that is. So I, you just got to get over the hump of that's, getting in, in the wet world. I think but that's once you're called in the wet world, clinical depression.
3: So- yeah. Is that, Yeah, I actually, I actually, is that
1: what that is? I, actually
3: I don't, of- I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to diagnose anything, <laughs> wow. but it could be situational or clinical depression. Isn't is that what the-
0: sometimes.
2: Maybe Maybe I'll bring that up with my lady. Maybe we'll we'll have a talk
0: about that. I also feel like I made like exercise such a part of my life that to not bathe daily when I'm doing like hard cardio, playing tennis outside. Like I just, I don't understand how I would function and I'm not a person that does that smells bad I actually you smell great you smell nothing I smell like nothing. Yeah, yeah. we've yeah. talked about this before on the
3: podcast. I smell my, like nothing. I have my no husband also scent. smells like nothing. My husband is actually proud of himself if he can like work up a little armpit stink. Sometimes because- I'm I'm <laughs> always
0: like surprised. I'm like, oh my god, you? Whoa. I smell. <laughs> it
3: happens what? so rarely that my husband's yeah, like, I swear rare. to God, I stink right now. Smell, and I'm like, okay, dude, good try, buddy. Yeah. Um. But Leslie, I'm like you. I'm a i am I Well, I I do have depression and it's not super serious, but, but I also went through a period where the medication that I was on to treat my depression, I was like, great. Now I won't fight with myself over whether I should take a shower or not. I'll just know that it's a good idea. But I also became convinced that the medication was making me like hydrophobic. Like I had rabies (laughs) or something. So I'd be like, I know I definitely should take a shower, but I, I really don't like the, um, the sensation of like, uh, little needles of water hitting me. Not my fave. See,
0: I, this, I have a kid like that. And yeah. here's the other thing that I want to say. Like, if this is, I'm referring guys in case you don't know, specifically to like, I guess, Dax Shepard and Kirsten Bell said something about how they don't wash also, kids. Ashton and then Kutcher Ashton Kutcher and Mila, and Mila Kunis. Kunis. We're like, then, we don't wash our kids until they, I can see dirt on them or whatever. Yeah. Here's the conversation I would like love to have with parents is like kids with sensory yeah. sensitivities, which I have. And how do you work around that? Cause also my kid who has sensory issues is like, always loves afterwards feeling clean. Yeah. But, yes. but I think Casey, like to your point, like I think it's the initial, like, ah, like the shock of water. To me, the shock of water is all I ever want. Yeah. I want to be shocked by water. If I could, if I could be shocked by water right now, I would take it. If I could do this podcast in the fucking shower, I'm in.
3: Oh my God. That's a whole other
0: podcast.
2: Because Busy, I know you do a lot of facials and I always notice that when I'm in a facial and you know how when, um, they'll spray, like something on you, I always am like, Ugh! like I always act like I'm about to get. <laughs> that happens. Well,
0: like- I listen. I have a. I'm very specific and very particular about my facials, and I ha- have not done warm facials or anything involving like a hot towel mm-hmm. in years and years and years. Like I hate. I don't. I don't think you should heat up your skin like oh, in that way uh, during facials, it's not good for you. You should, it mm-hmm. should like, like honestly the thing that's best for you is cold facials, cryo, ice. Look, Joan Crawford
3: knew it. The beginning right? of Mommy Dearest when she right? puts her
2: face in a bowl of ice, she knew.
3: Wait, Wait yeah, did she... I ever tell you about, about my one and only facial? <laughs> about how they made me leave through the back door of the place? <laughs> yes, because, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I like, you yelped. No, because they like put all this stuff on me, then put their warm towels and put oh. their the warm mitts on me. And oh. they were like, we're going to leave you here to relax. And then I had to be like, I'm, it's burning me. Um, <laughs> it's burning. And they like came back in, undid me. And then the late, you can just tell, you can read the facial language uh, of the person. Sure. <laughs> and she was like, you need to get in the shower right away. And then after they came to check on me and they were like, so sorry there must have been something that you were allergic to i'm allergic <laughs> no. to lots of things and then they were like um so do you mind like not going through reception when you <laughs> no and yeah and i was no. like i guess i'll just leave through the back door but oh my god and they couldn't even like offer me something else to like make up for it because clearly i'm like, allergic to every fucking thing in the spa it was my one oh. and only time trying fancy shit
0: oh god here's what i'm going to say like i I am such a, what I'm a big believer in, in terms of like beauty things is to just find the thing that works for you. Some people, it is not having people touch them. Okay, I get it. Fine. Some people, it's not a facial. Okay, that's fine. I used to go to this woman who would give me a facial that she would put this mask on my face and then hand me a fan like a like a paper open fan and she had an electric fan and would point it on my face because it burned so much like it it was it had like niacin and cayenne pepper in it or something like that wow it was it was and it and it was like a flash hot on my face bringing all of my blood to the surface (laughs) But then it would, but then by the time I left, my face wasn't red. It'll make you skip your period. I feel like that's. (laughs) Oh my god! Have you guys ever had to take niacin for any reason? Have you ever doctor? Oh, okay. When I was on Dawson's Creek and I dislocated my knee drunk at a bar. (sighs) How? Terrible. I then they wouldn't give me like painkillers at the hospital because I think they thought I was like an alcoholic. Right. Fair. Yeah. So they were like, for pain for the next few days, you can take Tylenol, and they gave me an amount. But like, they basically were like, I basically overdosed on Tylenol. Like, yeah. I, it Which was is dangerous. too much. Yeah, dangerous. really dangerous. Yeah. It's bad for your liver. It's bad for things. One weird side effect that it can cause is tinnitus, aka tinnitus, <laughs> tinnitus, tinnitus. Mm-hmm. People say it both ways. I went to a doctor who's like the leading specialist, and he said, tinnitus. Mm. So, tinnitus. Is what it is. Yeah. Most people know it as tinnitus. Was he British? No. <laughs> oh. But anyway, I so I had it and it's Ooh. terrible. So it's yes. just like a horrible persistent ringing in your yes, ears. Yes, a ringing in your ears. What happens is that you're you always have it. Basically everybody always has it. And, but sometimes something can happen to the little cilia, cilia, mm, I believe they're called yeah. in your ears, they can get overactivated, and then it gets a little bit louder. And then once you hear it, the problem is once you hear it, you oh. can never unhear it. Oh. And so, I mean, it's very hard to stop it, to make it quieter and then to unhear it. So, um, so a lot of times people like go fucking nuts from it. Cause it's, it's like the only thing they can focus on. Luckily, I have lots of things I can focus on in my life. But anyway, I went to this. But so I went to this. I went to this like this specialist, like this guy that's like works at that house ear clinic. That's what it's called here in Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, and the treatment that he prescribed to me was like a like for the next week, I had to take a certain milligram of niacin, which niacin causes this insane flush of blood, like blood rush throughout your body. But like the amount I was taking, he's like, you're going to feel like your skin is going to burn off (laughs) for about, but it goes, it's like two minutes and it'll go away. And I don't know, there was some theory about like the blood moving through the ears and the cilia or whatever and it like rushes the rushes the cilia to calm down I have no I honestly guys I'm not a doctor you know that I don't fucking know what I'm talking about I just know that I did what the guy told me to do one time because it was so insane and so I felt like my skin was literally burning off so you you take the pills and then you just wait And then it felt, I got into like, remember my boyfriend at the time was like, Jesus, what's happening to you? And I was like, it was like my skin was burning off and I like got into the shower and like was running cold. See, cold water. Love the shower. Your favorite. I was like putting cold water on myself. Like it was so insane. so Can
2: I just say this? That story just reminds (laughs) me of the way I feel all the time, which is can bodies just stop? Can they just stop it? Can they just stop doing things? And making my ears ring, and feeling hot, and getting sick. Can bodies quit it and Just let us leave us I have, alone? And leave it, leave me alone. I have things to focus on. Could you not stop working? Could I, you not? I no. know it's exhausting. Stop it. Just work. Just stop work it and work, and let me watch Real Housewives and enjoy my life and eat something <sighs> and not have my stomach go insane. Quit it
3: now, bodies. Ugh. Quit it. Well. We should get into what we're doing our best at this week. And maybe I'll go first because mine, I feel like, is in relation to that. Can't wait. Go. What I've been doing my best at this week is busy. I read the book that you gave to my husband for his birthday. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the science of breathing and Mm -hmm. how we might all be breathing wrong. Oh, Mm -hmm.
0: my God. And we're not getting... We're not getting the... I think I'm not breathing correctly. I
3: thought about you so much because of your sinus problems and your sinus Mm -hmm. surgery, Mm -hmm. which the author gets into. And like, it's the kind of thing where... I want to believe everything a thousand percent, but then I want to be skeptical because like so many things are just quackery and I don't want to be, I, and I did my own research type of person, but also everything that this, <laughs> my God, can we
0: start a podcast called? I yes. did my own research. I did my own research. <gasps> Why? <S-A. laughs> That's what Dr. Dr. Seema. Yes. That should be her podcast. Yes, Casey, Se- call her and pitch it.
3: Okay. I'll, okay. I'll That's funny. listen. We love Dr. Seema and we would love to have her on a podcast. But so, anyway, it's all very scientific sounding. And so, basically, the upshot is that breathing through your nose is great, and breathing through your mouth is. Just It's just only meant as a backup. It was only ever meant evolutionarily as a backup, okay. which we talked about. That's also a theme for the podcast, being the backup. Breathing through your nose. Also that we breathe too much. We might be bringing in a lot more oxygen than we need. We're taking oh. deeper breaths than we need. And also when we have oh. like panic, right? Yes, because we're... um We're like diluting the CO2 in our bodies, which we think of as very bad, but actually having the right amount of CO2 in your body is beneficial in some ways because it helps, I believe, I believe, sorry, um, scientists, if I'm wrong, it helps free oxygen from your blood. Um, so anyway, so the point is I've been trying to breathe through my nose and not my mouth. There's so much interesting stuff in this, um, about the way that our skulls have evolved to not be ideal. Oh,
2: Jesus Christ. Is This
3: more things for me to trip out about concerning my body. It's so trippy. But the great (laughs) thing about the book is that there's like, but there's, there's help and there's hope. You can actually... According to this author, change the uh, makeup of your skull well into your seventies and eighties. Wait, what am I doing? I didn't read the book. I just gave it to your husband. <laughs> um, they're saying the reason our skulls got deformed is because we stopped eating hard, crunchy foods because food started to be processed. So our. But pal- what if you're me and you only eat nachos? <laughs> then great, you have like a perfect skull. <laughs> I don't even think nachos would be crunchy enough. And I don't think you eat them long enough. Nuts. To, yeah, I think like nuts and even like whole grains and raw vegetables, things like that. I but, eat raw vegetables a lot. I like but them. But it's also saying that you can um, chew gum for a couple hours a day, that that'll help. Gives me gas. Add to your, well, gosh, talk about so, so many themes, so many themes to this podcast. Farting. Gonna have to fart in the pillow. Like the actress told me to, but the thing is, is that um, they're learned-
2: obviously going to tell me when we're off who that person was. Clearly. Yes, okay, yes, thanks. obviously. It.
3: But um, people get but mad I- though when I say that I will. <laughs> people do get mad that when they think it's unfair keeping secrets or well, whatever, life but- isn't fair, guys. Sorry, <laughs> but um, so anyway, I learned uh, through. Do show my me own- proof of vaccination. I'll tell you who it was. <laughs> Anyway, I learned through doing my own research of the information in this book that there's communities of people that tape their mouths closed at night so that they will only breathe through their noses. And Mm -hmm. um, cut to this week. I've been sleeping with my mouth taped closed to see if it makes a huge difference in my life. And uh, it hasn't killed me.
2: You've been sleeping with your mouth taped closed.
3: Yeah, so I'll only breathe through my
0: nose. That reminds me that Linda Cardellini was in this horror film before like right before we worked on and this seems like something they did on American Horror Story too. So just let's maybe it was. But she was in this horror movie where her mouth was sewn
3: shut. Yeah, they did sure. that in horror
2: story. Yeah. yeah. By some guy.
3: That's ah, terrible. It was awful. I watched it. That's the terrible. Movie. Well, it's also been because, you know, Leslie, I love to like um mentally invent things I'm thinking that there has to be something better than just slapping yeah. a piece of tape over your mouth like maybe like a nice silicone like kind yeah. of like how they um in uh The Handmaid's Tale like I think they had like <laughs> masks to cover I, yeah. up the lady's sewn like up mouths something that could be a lip
2: treatment well, yes. you're sleeping with your mouth closed. Now
3: you're thinking you're Come a on. fucking genius. And this like is those what? lip masks.
2: Yeah, yeah like, a, like lip, a lip mask. But a lip yeah. mask it's that put.
3: also shuts your fucking mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, what have you been doing your best at this week? <laughs> I am doing my best at
2: making it through the day. <laughs> Great. Honestly, that's fantastic. That's, that's a very, very honest answer. Yeah. I am doing my best Great. at um, at being, you know what I'm doing my best at?
1: Hmm.
2: I'm doing my best at being extraordinarily kind to myself. Oh. That is what I am doing. Every minute of the day, I have to give myself a break and say, don't do that. Let's be kinder. Let's treat ourselves the way that we treat other people. Why am I making myself the exception to that rule? So every day I'm trying to do my best at going easy on myself. That's what I'm trying my best at. I am frequently not successful at that, Mm -hmm. but I'm more successful at it than I've been in the past. So that's my answer. And again, I'm sorry, it's not something
0: funny. It's It's, something real. A lot of times it's really not.
2: A
3: lot of times it's not funny. And you know what I wanted to say earlier when we were talking about like, acting and competitiveness I think kind of and and where you are on the call sheet I mm-hmm. did not get a chance to say this earlier but I wanted to say that I you know I follow everyone that's on American Horror Story and there are people that are very experienced actors there are younger actors there are people of varying levels of fame but as a cast and like kind of this amorphous cast where people come in and come out, my impression is that you all love each other and treat each other with such kindness and really adore each other. Mm-hmm. And I just, I have to say that I always, in my mind, give a lot of that credit to you.
2: I mean, I would give that credit to Sarah Paulson because, <laughs> you know, I appreciate you saying that, Casey. That's really lovely. Um, you know, the the biggest gift, that show has been a gift to me in many, many ways. Yeah, uh, Too many to even list. The biggest gift has been the relationships that I've I've made from that show at a very specific time in my life when I really needed it. And it was very surprising because I'm, I've now done this long enough that I do not go into a job thinking I'm going to make friends. Right. I go into a job being like, I'm happy to have this job. It's perfectly fine. If it ends up just being a professional experience and I move on. I was very surprised at how close the friendships have been, but I do give Sarah that credit because she's the queen of that show and she sets the tone. And there is literally when I say zero ego and it's just about the work That's what it's about. Um, But that's a very kind thing for you to say. I also think the reason that I've always been able to have really good friends that are other actors is I have never felt in competition with another human being. I've only ever felt in competition with myself. And just the the amorphic nature of what it means to try to get a job as an actor. There is not one person ever taking a job away from you. That's literally not possible. What's taking a job away from me is my, uh, nerves when I walk into a room, it's my perspective. It's what I think about myself. It's what I think I deserve or what I don't think I deserve at that time. I'm like in a, I it's always about me being a competition with myself. That's it. And when i mean busy, I know, you know, this too, that when a dear friend is very successful, that, success is only good for everybody. It makes me so happy. Yeah. But but that, I have to say more than any job I've ever had, that there is, there simply isn't competition. First of all, the nature of the show is, um, it's not like an easy show to shoot, you know? It's always very long days and there's like a lot of blood gags and there's a lot of like, it's just, it's challenging in a way that's really fun, but it's not like, it's, you never leave that show and you're like, that was easy. Like there's just always- it's hard work and it's also, it's, it's challenging in a very good way, but it's challenging. So it bonds you up, but I love that you noticed that. Um, I, I,
3: that makes me really happy. That's what I always think of. And I, I just think that you're such a loving person that, I mean, Sarah, I know Sarah Paulson is very nice. She's been so nice to me when I was very drunk and embarrassed myself in front of her. (laughs) Um, and she was very kind. I'll tell you guys what it is. See, you guys, I'm going to tell you what happened. I wrote on Bette Midler's tour. Ugh. and I- You have had the best... <laughs> Fucking jobs in the world, like that's the coolest thing ever. Go it on, was so Mary. fun, and then I, she said, whatever show you want to come to, come. And I went to the show at Madison Square Garden with my friend Michelle Collins, the comedian, was my plus one, so funny, and so great. funny. Yeah. But Sarah Paulson was seated on the other side of me. She's a good time at a concert, by the way. She was so mm-hmm. great, but um she had just been on Watch What Happens Live. Michelle and I had been for drinks earlier, and then we had more drinks at Madison Square Garden, and we. <laughs> We were texting Jerry O'Connell <laughs> photos of ourselves oh for God. some reason and um and so I saw Sarah Paulson I was like oh hey it's me from Watch What Happens Live we just you know you were just on the other night and she was like oh great so nice and then you know how like you're sitting in that like little kind of VIP section and so I was like I'm here because I wrote on the I wrote on Beth's tour and she was like oh okay cool cool and uh she was with Holland Taylor But here's the part where I embarrassed myself is that after I told her that I kept hitting her on the arm and being like, I wrote that joke every time, every time that said a joke that I had written and that, and she was so nice. And she just really was like, very much like, that's so great. You did it. Good job, you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I realized how embarrassing it was. But then at, there was like an after party afterwards that was very, you know, it was like me, Sarah Paulson, Holland Taylor, Michael Kors and Tony Basil. I feel like sure. that's it. Darlene Love was there and <laughs> right. um, she, she very nicely uh, still spoke to me at the after party. So she was very tolerant of my shenanigans. I
2: love that story. I think that's so sweet and fun. And that's like the coolest job. Casey, yeah. Like uh, it was
3: it was super fun. It was very, very fun for me. And Bette is the best. Anyway, Elizabeth, what are you doing your best at this week?
0: Oh, boy. Well, hmm.
3: I am I am crafting. I saw that. A lot of craft therapy happening for you.
0: I've been doing some art therapy over here. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and I just feel like... Sometimes guys, I mean last week if you were just listening, you heard I was I'm like pro- processing. It's a process. I'm just processing a lot of shit right now. And uh, and I think we all are. I'm not going to lie. For in many different ways, I'm sure all of us. But you know what? I have found very therapeutic I just was like I keep just looking at my phone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like as if the answers are ever gonna be on social media or I
3: don't know. Like you Can know. I Can I tell you something? Yes. Um, I noticed that, and again, like not a doctor. I noticed that when I'm watching something that uh-huh. becomes uncomfortable for me in some way, that uh-huh. because it's scary or because uh-huh. it's uncomfortable in like a triggering way, something uh-huh. That's when I pick up my phone. Mm. And I think I do it at all times 24 hours a day. But when I noticed it was that my family was getting annoyed when we're trying to watch something together. And I kept picking up my phone. And then I finally had to figure out what I was doing. And I was like, "This, it's uncomfortable for me to watch this. And so I know that Mm -hmm. I pick up my phone every moment when I'm uncomfortable. And I'm just like, I want to feel anything else but what. I'm feeling yeah, when this phone is down. It's a passy.
0: It's your passy. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: Exactly I, I, mean, I
0: think that that's. I think that's true. Yeah, I think it's habit. To I think it's like yes. I think it's comfort. I think it's habit. But I also just feel like I. It doesn't. It's like it doesn't really do anything for. Yeah. Any, I mean, for me, you know, and I, it's so. I mean, it gives me money, but uh, <laughs> I, that's I know, not nothing, you, honey. <laughs> Honestly, not nothing. Not that's nothing. Not nothing not that's nothing. very, very valid. So I know it is, but at the same time, I just I have gone through a few days where I just like haven't done Instagram stories or like I don't know or haven't um, posted even a photo or like just post one picture every two days or something like that, and it. It's not for any reason. I just am like trying to focus less on my phone. Also with my kids, like Bertie and I this morning, Cricket is going to this little camp thing. And Bertie came outside this morning and I was like, I wasn't on my phone. I was like listening to music and I was like painting these things. And I got these crafts to do with my kids. And my kids were like, yeah, no, we're not interested in this. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to fucking do them. Okay. So that's what I started. So that's what, this is like the impetus for how this all started. So like two, two weeks ago ish or a week and a half ago. And I have like the whole thing set up outside. And if I'm like, if I'm feeling that thing where like, I don't have work to do and I'm just kind of like a little bit bored, I'm like, I'm going to go do that instead of scrolling or scrolling online for like I don't even know what clothes I don't need or, you know, wallpaper I'm not going to buy. I don't even fucking know. And, but anyway, so then today, like, Bertie like, came outside and sat down next to me and was, like, trying to show me these videos. And this is, like, a thing that I've been really struggling with is that I want to spend time with my teen And I do not want to do what they want to do. Like I don't (laughs) like it. Like I don't like it. I don't find it enjoyable. I like actually, I actively dislike a lot of the time because of the things that I'm being forced to look at. And And they, Bertie like kind of started showing me stuff and I was like just painting and like I would look over, you know, and then at a certain point, Bertie like just grabbed a thing and then started painting it and I was like, don't say anything. Just be (laughs) busy, be cool, be fucking cool. (laughs) And so we just like sat there and painted and we had like, honestly, kind of an amazing talk about drugs, weirdly. And like just they're getting to an age where, you know, whatever. Yeah, you don't fucking know. You just never right. know. And whatever. We just had this like very chill, honest talk about drugs and and then other and then like other bullshit stuff too. Like not it wasn't all like heavy duty. Whatever. But then when it was like over, I was like, "That was really nice. Like we really had like a time." And I just was a little bit like um I've been very zen about like not forcing it on these kids, you know? But yeah. I've just been like I'm I'll be out there. Yeah. <laughs> Painting my motherfucking rocks. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the owl I have to say
3: the owl one I did this morning, it came out great. honestly very cute. Is there a market for um Absolutely. Artistically painted
0: rocks? (laughs) No. 100% not. And I really was just using rocks because I was just like, I had done that weird little house that I had done. I didn't have anything else to paint. And this is like a rental house. And I was just like sort of looking around. And they had some nice flat rocks. Probably, I'm not even going to lie, probably like from their kids. They felt a little bit like paint, like the rocks you buy to paint. You know what I mean? You know those. (laughs) It was very in for a minute, Painting Rocks. Remember, there was that girl that was doing the whole, like, like, spread kindness through rocks or something? Is that? Oh.
2: Wait, Goldie, come here. Goldie walked in. Goldie, come say hi really quick. Hi. Hi, hi, Goldie. hi, Goldie. What are you doing your best at this week? What are you working on? Like, what are you just doing, like, trying your best at this week?
3: Mm, to be nice to my mother. <gasps>
0: oh! Oh,
2: I love that. Does that require a lot of effort?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. We're done with I'm this. kidding. We're done. She
3: deserves it, but you're such a nice kid too. I love a good mom daughter duo. Sorry, that's why I had to re- quickly go open
2: the door for her. Oh, oh cute. No, no, no.
3: Ooh, there's a hummingbird. Aww.
0: Guys, you know what it means. That's that's our what te- does it mean? Our teams. Our light teams. It's like it's like your little spirit guides are like they show up to say hi them. or they're yeah. like, um like that in specific, like me just talking about like doing something creative instead of mm. focusing my self onto a device is yeah. is being rewarded.
3: right. yeah, I like that.
0: I like it too. Um, all right, well, let's talk we have a great interview today, yes, that we were very excited about. Casey? (laughs) I thought (laughs) you were going to
3: say something else. No, I don't know.
0: know. Sometimes I'm like, sometimes I feel like we should rehearse more things because I feel like I'm like, like this is where, and then Casey jumps in. In my head, I've written a script that doesn't exist, guys. That's
3: okay. Do you know what I mean? We're doing okay. We're doing, you know. (sighs) Today's
0: definitely... We're definitely doing all right. Yeah, are we doing our best at this podcast? I think maybe, so. Maybe I think maybe, so. Maybe, maybe this could, is our best. We
3: could maybe write an intro for the guest. Maybe that would be helpful, so that you could just read it. Bing, bang, boom. But I feel like you're already doing so much work. Like we already it's established, a it's a lot
0: of and, work. I mean, maybe if Eli wants to start doing that, he can. But <laughs> I'm not gonna. But then I'm. But then I'm gonna be
3: like, I can't read this. It sounds like Eli. You know what I mean? Eli is our intern, who's also my son, Leslie. (laughs) (laughs) But this semester is also going to end at some point. And, you know, and so then we'd be right back to writing our own intros anyway. But we can say we, our guest today is Sheena Mead. She's an activist and you've probably seen her on, uh, other TV shows or listen to her on other podcasts. She and her husband Desmond are huge in the restoration of voting rights for people who have been incarcerated, but she also has something called the clean slate project that deals with wiping people's eligible criminal records uh, clean. And that's because she has a really personal pivot story that happened in her life that led her down this path and uh, we were lucky to get to talk to her because she's super cool and super interesting so take a listen
0: Sakara Sakara guys you've heard me talk about it before this is another one that's just like very, uh, very straightforward because it's a product, a thing, a service, a company that I have supported personally for years. And now the fact that they have decided to advertise on my podcast is just acing on a delicious vegan cake. <laughs> Listen, if you're trying to break your sugar habit, Sakara's clean, plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals, nourish your body with whole organic ingredients that retrain your palate and help you break up with your sweet tooth. I'm telling you this, I've gone through periods of time where I'm like, oof, I need a reset. And I I do my Sakara and I just, it does reset me. It's so good. And I don't ever feel like I'm depriving myself. It's just, it's really beautifully prepared meals that nourish your body with nutrition. And it does not sacrifice taste. Um, it focuses- on overall wellness, starting with what you put in your body, with what you eat. Yeah. And it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. They have their best-selling metabolism super powder and metabolism super bar, uh that control sugar cravings and reduce bloating and boost energy and reduce fatigue um, and Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue goop and the New York Times so and me I like it <laughs> I really really like it uh, so right now Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to Sakaracom slash Busy, or you can enter the code busy at checkout. That's Sakara, dot com slash busy to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash busy. Ooh, each and every, each and every, each and every day I put on each and every in my pits. <laughs> That
3: one was good. The pits was very, I liked it. It was, it had, uh, it had a certain energy about it. It felt like it was final. (laughs) You knew
0: that it was the end of the song. Um, listen, you know, we want to use brands. We trust, you know, we want to tell you about products from brands. We trust brands that are upfront about what they do, how they do it and who's doing it. And it's one of the reasons why each and every has become a major favorite of both of ours. Uh, we definitely use it IRL. Everyone in my family does. It's a natural deodorant that we know we can count on. Um, I have a lot of skin sensitivities. Yes. My kids have skin sensitivities. Mark is a sensitive man. And with each and every, we know exactly what we're putting on our bodies. It works very well. I know people sometimes roll their eyes when you hear natural deodorant, but guys, you got to pay attention to the stuff that you're slathering up into your pits every single day of your life. Just really sensitive skin in there. Well, it is, but you want it to work. You also just don't want to like absorb crap. I don't even know if that's how it works. I'm not a doctor, but I do know that each and every does not irritate my skin and it goes on very soft and smooth and it smells great. It smells I love great. the scents and like the combinations from essential oils. You like the lavender and lemon, right? Lavender lemon's lemon is my favorite. I did get into the like coconut, lime, like mojito vibe. Oh, yeah. Because yeah.
3: per on your recommendation. Um, I want to get the cannabis and green tea next time. So I have I've to. I've had remember. that. I like okay. it. I like All it. All right.
0: Nice. Each and every believes that deodorant should have nothing to hide. We agree with them. Their deodorant is formulated with just six simple, safe ingredients, dead sea salt, coconut oil, natural essential oils, and no harsh, irritating chemicals like baking soda. Um, Plus, guys, each and every is vegan and cruelty-free and comes sustainably packaged. That's what got Emily Beebe on board. (laughs) So we want you to get on board and see for yourself how awesome Each and Every is. And we have an amazing deal to get you started. 30% off your first purchase. That's amazing. Just go to our special URL, eachandevery.com slash best and use promo code best30. Seriously, 30% off can't be beat. Use promo code best30 at eachandevery.com slash best sheena this is we might i have to keep this in the podcast casey because it's so insane sheena saw me eating a burger because it's lunchtime you guys know everybody hates me eating on the podcast i will i'm not eating on the podcast i was like just trying to shovel some food before but i was wearing very tight jean shorts and so i did pop, pop. take them
4: off i did take pop, pop. them off to eat the, the i don't burger. want the the button to hit the front of the camera and no. I'm thinking, fine? I so i so too, i like,
0: literally I was like it. i'm just gonna sit here i'm doing a podcast no one will see that i'm just sitting on a towel because,
3: <laughs> I, because I wanted to it's
0: like eat that my sometimes. burger
4: like that listen I i'm so
0: to- excited to talk to you okay can we start you're recording sheena
4: Yeah, we're starting. Okay, great. Yeah, we're we're good. He's
0: still, okay, we're good. Sheena Mead, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Everybody, we're super lucky to have Sheena here to talk to us um, because you have a really interesting pivot to talk to us about. Uh, You're very involved now in social activism, which just was a thing that, started from a pivot in your own life Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I have, we have questions. Um, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me to be here. Um, so Sheena, let's like just get into it. Let's get into the story. Um, Sheena, you're responsible for some pretty big deals, deals, (laughs) big deals. Not just one. Not just one. I would say multiple big deals. (laughs) Um, and, And it, you know, is a thing right now, especially you're in Florida,
4: right? Yes. Don't, don't judge me by that. (laughs) I
0: I wish, I actually wish Shantira were still here because Shantira was also from Florida. Um, She was our co-host for a while and she's off. Just being nominated for Emmy is for work she's doing on other programs. It's not a big deal. Um, But you guys could have really had fun talking about Florida. Uh, We
4: could still have fun talking about Florida. I'm originally a (laughs) Jersey girl. My family was all from Philadelphia. um, Born at Temple, but grew up in New Jersey and moved to Florida when I was 14.
0: Okay. And so um, one of the things that we're going to talk about uh, is voting rights. Because... This is a thing that you have been fighting for and successfully fighting for for a long time. And I think that everybody's very, I mean, this is like, this is it right now in this moment in our country too, right? Right. Um, So you helped to restore voting rights to how many
4: people? 1.4 million people in Florida now have access to the ballot.
0: I mean, that's incredible. Um, These are- People that were experiencing felony disenfranchisement.
4: People who had felony convictions. I mean, this goes back to the era of Jim Crow. Um, You know, that 1.4 million people uh, was banned from the ballot box for for life. So there Mm -hmm. was in it was in Florida's constitution. If you had any felony conviction, you could not vote ever again. Only way you'd be able to vote. You would have to you would have had to go before the clemency board. And so that process has been eliminated. And 1.4 million people now have the right to vote, access to the uh, ballot box. There was, you know, after they passed that amendment for, um, you know, people in Tallahassee thought they knew better. That's our capital in Florida. They said, okay, well, if you want to vote, then you need to pay your fines and fees. And some will call it like a poll tax. And uh, Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, who's ran by Desmond Meade, um, My husband, he said, "Okay, well, we'll raise money. And they raised over $27 million to pay off FISA fees for people. And, you know, it's still ongoing. And we're like, we're not going to be denied access to the ballot. Um, But there's still over, I believe, 800,000 people who could register to vote today um, if they're eligible and able to go and register to vote who have felony convictions.
0: But this is how did this this is not what you were like when you were (laughs) 14 years old moving to Florida, you're like, my. this is my journey. My journey is this. No, yes. what, what did you, how did this come about? How did this this happen? When I
4: was 14, I know you got to see before the podcast started, my son, Xavier, helping me get started. When I was 14, I was with a child. Oh, I was a teenage mother. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I didn't, you know, I didn't know my purpose and path. I, I've been through so much stuff in my life. I didn't know my purpose and path, but I realize now that all those pain points in my life has... um has shown me my purpose, right? And my passion. And what it has done is my pain and purpose has transcended to power in pushing policy. Ooh, I love that. That's, yeah. That's I literally amazing. just got
3: chills. I got chills. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about, you had been involved prior to to working on this voting rights initiative for... um for people with felony charges. You had been doing all kinds of activism and organization, correct?
4: Yeah, so I grew up in a, a, a active household. My mom in New Jersey was a labor organizer Mm-hmm. You know, she, uh, was. she worked at a state mental uh, hospital, psychiatric hospital, and there she was in the union. And so, you know, when I was younger, we didn't go on family vacations. We went to either conferences, like union <laughs> conferences, or my mama, like, pulled me out of school to, like, picket around the Capitol. That was the fun stuff, you know, getting on a bus to go picket for state workers. And then, you know, when I moved to Florida, because my family's so involved in civic engagement, my older sister, Salandra, she was leading like uh, civic engagement. So I was knocking on doors. I was doing community organizing, asking people to come out and vote. Did I really know at that time at that young age, really what I was doing, the power up, what I was doing? No, but it was a seed that was planted. All these seeds yeah. were planted in my life that actually brought me to where I am today.
0: You know, what's so interesting. We were talking to this woman, Stacey London last week. Now what she's doing in her life currently is not even close to what you're doing in your life currently. But she did say, and I do feel like it's just worth noting, that it's like all of these little pieces add up at a certain point. And if you're open to it, you're like, this is the path. This is
4: what I'm here to, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. I mean, I'm telling you, it was a struggle for years, thinking all the things that I went through. From my teenage years, you know, being a young teenage mom, like most, mm-hmm. by the time I graduated high school, i I had two children. I had a baby on a hip, and I had a baby in the stage. So I had two children. Um, wow. My second child I had at sixteen. So proud of my children. Like you saw, Xavier's here. Yeah. My oldest son, yes. is graduating. He's the top fifteen percent of his class at FAMU. Plays football. Please. Um, Congratulations next fall. Thank you. And then, you know, um, I got married young and you know, went through a bumpy marriage and you know, went through bad relationships and dealt with issues of you know domestic violence. And when I was younger, you know, I, I dealt with, you know, molestation as a child. And so all mm. these pain points in my life, you know, added to something. And so then in my 20s, I got locked up. You know, I'm I'm the executive director for the Clean Slate Initiative. But I have a story to that, too. When I was a single mom, I was on Section 8, I wanted I needed to put gas in the car, maybe food in the house. And so I went to a local store, wrote a check for uh, seventy five dollars, fifteen dollars over the amount so I could get cash back. And that check bounced, you know, not really understanding the system or financial literacy. I'm like the bank could get his money when it gets his money. Right. Right. They pay the right. people or they pay the store like they always done. But they didn't pay the check. And a few months later, I had the police knocking at the door to arrest me for a um, for uh, like a bad check. It was a seventy five dollar check that they sent police officers. My first time getting um, arrested and it was in front of my children. I had my neighbor to come get them, And I mean, I was acting dramatic. You would have thought they just told me to hit me with a murder charge. Like I was like, hey. Sheena, I, I want to, I, can I just say right now, because
0: I feel like this is something that's important. We have like, you know, I'm going to not generalize our listeners, although they're mostly white like women, I would say. A lot of white women. I am obviously a white woman. When I was the, your exact same age, I overdrafted my bank account. Not again. Also, I was terrible with money. Didn't fucking understand it.
4: Didn't understand
0: same <laughs> I would, I like needed whatever. This is so dumb. I needed new underwear. Um, mostly cause I didn't also know how to do my laundry really well. You guys, I'm serious. Yeah. And I went to gap in Marina Del Rey and I like overdrew my checking account like a bunch, like mm-hmm. more than 15 bucks. I'm just using it to illustrate like it cops did not same. show up on my fucking door. Yeah. I don't even I mean, know. I mean, I don't yeah. even know what happened. my parents. Oh, my mom got like, you know, my parents got an, like paid for it or whatever. Got an, got called. They called my
4: parents. But I was an adult. You know, right. Ugh. Well, yeah, let me tell you. So, I again, I'm sitting here very green. They, you know, and, and let me just back up before that incident. I had actually worked at a state prison. At the age of nineteen, I got my first state worker's job. I was so excited, you know, because I I have a job with benefits. You know, I'm this young mom, you know, and I got you're me a doing role. it, yeah. I'm doing a damn thing. I'm working at a prison, and so I'm working at the state prison. And that was again. I remember, I, I, like, I keep coming back to all my points in my life. These path points led up to something, right? So right. I don't really even know what the criminal justice system is. You know, I knew I had family members that's been locked up. I had a cousin that was actually in the prison that I was working at. But never really knew how the system was so broken and how people or jacked up. Now, let me not say broken because um, it's, it's 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 established the way it was meant to be established. It's designed, right? designed to design like right
3: to to so, be the way it is. Yeah, right. to be the way it designed is. Designed to so, oppress. Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
4: So I I worked at the prison, but that was able to give me front row of how people incarcerated was being treated, and then the disparities of more people looking like me than looking like you, right? Right. Uh, black men, and because I worked at a men's prison. Black men, brown men, there was a lot more of them locked up for charges that was created, like driving on suspended license felony, like habitual, like doing like 25 years. Right. Right. Well, I wanted to
3: I wanted to ask you about that because we're saying, you know, going back to like your your voting initiative, we're saying a felony. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know, like. Just in case you don't know what a felony is, that sounds like a serious word, but let's go over some things that can be a felony charge that are bullshit. I was actually really surprised that it's up to each
0: individual state to determine what a felony is. So in Florida, for instance, they could say uh, overdrafting your bank account by $15 is a felony. Like they could say
4: that. They could make, right? Right. Oh, I I give you something that's really pop. Like, like, so we could talk about a lot of the bullshit laws. Uh And this is a thing. This is why civic engagement is so important to be back in our school systems and for us to educate our community so they can understand how, who are the players that makes these laws? And like, they don't just come out fall out of the sky. Like there are people who are making these laws, right? So in the state of Florida, you could get a felony. I mean, like the Fish and Wildlife Police could lock you up for like, Catching a fish too large or too small that's not in the range could be like a third degree of felony. It's a felony for burning a tire. I think like, you know, that's that could be a felony offense. There's so many weird felony offenses and people are like, oh, no one gets locked up for those things. Yes, they do. Because a charging officer can lock you up for those. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of old, outdated laws on the books that folks are not addressing. They'd rather just create new laws to continue to lock more people up. Right, so but you, they wouldn't even,
3: you wouldn't even realize, it's like we talk about these old uh, blue laws that a lot of states still have that are just like wild laws from like pilgrim times where you're like, yes. that's what? Like you can't whistle after sundown or whatever. You know, like all these, and it's really in the
4: choosing of the person, the arresting of the officer, officer, the yep, court- the district attorney. So like in Florida, releasing too many helium balloons is a felony charge in the state of Florida. And they, you could Google it. They have charged somebody for that. Imagine somebody getting locked up or charged for that and it's real. And having right. their voting rights then stripped. And you lose your voting rights. Right. So you could do something that had nothing to do with anything that's dealing with voting or maybe has something to do with a check or maybe it was a traffic incident. But that, w- that would have, because no longer does, impacted your right to vote oh my gosh and so
3: and what I'm still stuck on my palms are still sweaty from just imagining you having law enforcement show up at your door and having to call your neighbor to come
4: take your kids oh let me tell you I got real bougie real quick I was like (laughs) oh oh my god (sighs) Like, I was like, okay, so can I, it was two cops. They was playing the good cop, bad cop. I'm like, can y'all like, let me drop my kids off and I'll walk, meet me at the corner. That's how green I was. Like, and I get in the car then. And the one guy was trying, he had so much empathy. Like the one officer was really like trying to like, ma'am, just comply. And then the the other officer was like, ma'am, turn around. (laughs) Like, get your hands in the car. And yeah, so, I mean, think about how the system is set up. You know, then I didn't realize how deep it was you know, now that I'm involved in this work, I realized that could have turned such a different way. Mm-hmm. Remember, yeah. I told you I was on public housing, so I got Section 8. So, you know, depending on my charge or conviction, I could have lost my housing for my children. Um, if I wasn't able to get out of jail, I could have, someone could have called DCF. I could have lost my children or my children could have got taken. They would have They would have gotten involved. Thank God I had a neighbor. Thank God I had a family that I was able to call to say, can you mm-hmm. bond me out? Because they took me and it was like three or $400 worth of bond. It was like, a, it was a, mm-hmm. I mean, now I could call it a small amount now, but imagine I'm already in poverty. That would have been a lot. If I didn't have someone to bail me out, put their name down, I would have been still sitting in jail. Yeah. And then I had the court fees and all this other stuff. And so thankfully for that one incident, because I've had like two or three brushes, I was able to go through a, a pretrial, like diversion type, but it took a lot right. of time. If I, if I had to keep telling my job, my job would have been like, well, listen, right? like you can't take off. And so- It is very unfortunate. There's a lot of people who are other Sheenas who don't have that family support, don't have someone to watch the kids, don't have someone to help them go to court. And they're stuck. And that's why you saw like the bail reform movement start moving like people are stuck in jail for like small, petty misdemeanor crimes that they should not be sitting in jail for.
3: Right. So I just want to, just to reinforce this to people that are listening that like maybe have never had this experience. You're saying you were so lucky to have family come and help you. But if you hadn't had that, if you don't have the $15 to make the check, you don't have the $400 to make bail. And it is designed purposely that way to get you sort of stuck in this
4: system. system. Stuck in a system. There's so many like, systemic issues that will get people stuck you know i remember i was really i I got i had got approved for section 8 in 2007 shout out to like best friends who will do the most for you so i remember when they opened up the waiting lists for housing because it's it's years i mean people wait years to get on this waiting list for section 8 they had opened one up and my i had just had my daughter excellence who's turned who just turned 18 so this 18 years ago and my best friend called me. She lived like two hours away. She goes, girl, they don't open up the Section 8 waiting line. Get up here. I'm going to stand in line till you get there. I threw my lactating baby in the car. <laughs> I probably wasn't even like to be out the house at that time. And I drove up there and got in line. And I believe, you know, you know, I'm a person of faith. God opened the door for me to be able to get housing, to be able to have my children in safe housing. Yeah. And so I had that. But when I talk about stuff being systemic, you know, I if I got a good paying job, then Section 8 was like, now we got to kick you off or your right. rent's going to go back sky high, right? right? And so it was just, and, and you've seen, or oh, I saw women and families who would not take good jobs because they was nervous about, I'm not going to be able to get housing, or either they may lie, and then they're now getting charged for lying or fraud. And it, mm-hmm. it was a system It was, again, I had a very supportive family, and I, I was on the system for a minute, and I finally said, look, I want to I wanna do something, like, I, I want more for my family. I, I'm going to take a leap of faith, and just y'all can have it back, have your voucher. Mm. Um, but that was after going through so much. I'm like, if I could overcome that, I could overcome this housing situation.
3: Yeah. And again, it, I mean, like everything you're saying is just, once you see it, it's hard not to see it. It's a system. The fact that you had to rush with a newborn baby to stand in a line that someone had already been standing in to, to like have the right to live somewhere. And Affordably. Helped, to to have the right to live affordably. Yes, right. yes. And so, and just like saying like, you can have some, but you can't have everything you might be fortunate enough to get because then we'll take some of what you, what we gave you back,
4: you know? Right. And never stops, Casey. Let me tell you something. So even today, right? I'm Sheena the Executive Director of Clean Slate. I'm married to my husband who's Executive Director for his organization. It was Time 100 in 2019. Uh, two years ago, they, the county gave him his own day. We was looking um, to move into another house. We wanted to get a larger house, and we had to go through the same thing because my husband was formerly incarcerated. He has a conviction on his record, but it's years, years old, years right. old. And you know, the data systems, because the background checkers and the real estate systems, they don't update their data. So what happens? This charger pop up, and you're getting denied. You're, you know, we have the funds to move into the home. We take care of our houses. But because of this old conviction, people see just the application. They don't see the person. And we still was getting denied housing. Like we're in the process now of trying to look for a home to buy for our own so we don't have to go through that. But even then, and I mean, that stigma, that shame comes back like a reminder of what you did. You know, I've, I've accomplished all these things where we give back to our community, but yet we cannot live where we want to live at because of an old conviction. That still just stuck to you. And I want
3: to say that I know that your husband's conviction was for addiction issues that he was going through. And also, again, I hate when people do this. I hate when white people do this and white ladies do it a lot. But it's true. I have many people in my family that have gone through addiction issues and they don't have drug charges against them and incarceration stuck to them. Casey, did you
0: hate when I did it earlier?
3: I didn't... No, I guess not. (laughs) Because
0: I'm just saying... I was just using it as like... Everyone on this end is aware of what white privilege is. Um, Yes. this This is where occasionally I have like run into smart, liberal people who I would think fundamentally fucking understand And they wouldn't understand this. Like, they actually just don't get it. They just don't fucking get it. And, like, it is so clear that so many of these things are set in place to oppress black and brown bodies in this country. Like, even just that, remember we talked about this a few months ago the law in minnes is it Minnesota where you can't have
4: anything hanging from your rear view mirror. Oh. That's
0: just like,
4: yes. Wait, uh, so I can't ride with the little, um, yes. What's the thing that dangles the little, like an air freshener. Oh. An air freshener. Yes. That's like inherently
0: a racist law. And they pass it under like public safety saying like, well, it could be something could obstruct the view, but I'm going to tell you this, like, no white ladies are getting pulled over for their crosses hanging. You know what I mean? Right. They're using it when they see it in a car that is being driven by a a black or brown person body. They are using it as an excuse to pull them over. It is like another way to stop and frisk.
4: Right. Right. You brought up a good point. So this is the thing. So this is, and, and I'm going to tie this back to like the work we did with amendment Four for the voter uh, voter restoration. So yeah. So with the drug addiction, so yes, Desmond had an addiction issue. And so, you know, of course, the way they talk about his addiction versus the way they may talk about, let's just give a guy named Billy, right. From the suburban side, Billy has, is a public, is a public health issue when it comes to Billy. Right. Right. The public health is is a disease. Crisis. It's a public it's a health crisis. crisis. Right. Uh, uh, or, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a disease. And so the the law that had banned um, people from the ability to vote, like getting a felony, that, again, stemmed out of the Jim Crow era. It was very targeted for black folks. Right. To easily strip them of their voting rights. And the thing is, this thing has spread like a tumor, it started to impact a lot more people than Black people now because the laws are in place. Because when you think about the 1.4 million people that was disenfranchised, 33%, like the majority look like you, Busy, not me. People don't know that, it's the narrative. They look like you. Now, disproportionately Black people are impacted, right? But more folks look like yourself and Casey. Um, And the thing is, once that issue start hitting other communities, People start really caring about it. Right. Their children who may have gotten a charge because mm-hmm. they have an addiction to opioid or mm-hmm. maybe more people out in the country who like to, you know, th- th- to fish and they caught the wrong lobster tail. Like, you know, fish and wildlife do caught them up like, you know. And so now, you know, don't, this is why that issue crossed and transcended political spectrums. And it wasn't mm-hmm. a partisan issue. Right. So. Uh, Restoring voting rights, right, was not about a black or white issue, a Republican or a Democratic issue. It was like American issue that everybody should have the right to be able to vote, to let their voices be heard. That's the same thing with clean slate. And that's the beautiful thing about Amendment 4. It brought so many people together. Five million people voted yes on Amendment 4 they wasn't just liberals or progressives yeah they were yeah. everybody like Republicans, like they're like my kid has that story you know people were able to come out the shadows and that's what we're seeing with clean slate too there's like 70 million 70 to 100 million people who have some sort of a, a record across the united states right one in 3 people in America, one in 3 americans have some type of record one out of two children has a parent and may have a some type of record as well and so this issue has transcended... Beyond politics, beyond racial lines. And so this is something that people can rally around and make change. That's amazing.
3: I just want to go back to talking about the um the air freshener law in uh, in Minnesota. That's why Dante Wright was pulled over before he was um he was killed by that police Murdered. officer. Yeah. Yeah. He called he called his mom to let her know that he was being <sighs> pulled over for an air freshener on his rear view mirror. So that's when the you're the first t-
4: thing I did when I graduated high school put my my beautiful tassel on your like that's the thing that we did. Of course. Yeah. I had so much shit hanging
0: from my rear view mirror. Come on. <laughs> I, I had mean, like figurines. I don't even know.
3: I had like a beanie baby at one point.
4: <laughs> you gotta guys- say scroll doll. Yeah. Stroll.
3: yeah. So th- you know, I just, I just want to make sure again to like clarify. Like we're talking about these things that sound wild, and you know, and Dante Wright was pulled over for an air freshener, and it escalated to the point where he lost his life. He wasn't even incarcerated, but I suppose he could have been if things had gone. Better for him. He he could have been incarcerated mm. for as a result of mm. that violation. I'm guessing, but it it didn't happen that way. Mm. And also, Biz, I want to say I hate when white people do that thing where they're like, "Here's what I got away with," and it, this is why Oh, right, but I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like it's just like because Sheena knows that's why I hate it. She knows it's bullshit, and we're sa- you know. And I'm just like, oh god,
4: uh, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me when folks bring that up because I think that's a, a great entry point to talk about privilege when people don't realize how privilege look in different ways or the disparities, not even like privilege, it's like the disparities, like you would never get stopped for something hanging in your window. Right. right. But right. I would. So, you know, there's, yeah. So I, I, I think that's a great opportunity for white people to talk to other white people about, yes, you did get away, but let me let you know how it looks for people that may don't look like you, right? Right. So that's a great moment to educate folks. And, you know, sometimes folks are just ignorant. They just don't know. They're not exposed to that. They don't understand. And it's so important. That's why I really appreciate you all allowing allowing me to be here to amplify these issues that we're fighting for and also these barriers that we're trying to dismantle because a lot of people just don't know. They're in a bubble. Right. true, well we so,
3: appreciate you being here to to talk to us about it because what you've done is incredible like it's
0: you're the first executive director of the yes. Clean Slate initiative which as you said is a national bipartisan coalition that is trying to advance policies to automatically clear all eligible criminal records across the United States so that people can
4: regain their right to vote so just just for clarity yes. cuz so you know, I worked on the campaign with my husband on voting rights, and I got so excited about once we passed that this opportunity that I'm leading now uh, for the National Clean Slate Initiative. But it doesn't focus on voting rights; it focuses on clearing people's records that could help yeah. eliminate other barriers. Right? People have access to housing, to jobs. Oh, so like right, exactly what you were just saying so it about won't your pop up. Mm-hmm. right? Yes, and you know, in in some states, let me tell you, there's a lot of states who you're you never lose your voting rights. For a oh, really? Right? I think yeah. I think I mean, but you also realize that a lot of the states that have very robust laws around that are states that are very white, right? So no one was putting those Jim Crow laws into place, and so uh-huh. you have Vermont—you could vote while you're in prison or locked oh. up. Also in Puerto Rico. So, um, but yeah, so there's states that don't never t- never takes that right away from you, or you get it right back once you finish your your time.
0: Um, But it's so interesting and like, just for clarity, when you say like eligible criminal records, we're not talking about like child molesters, (laughs) right? Like you're not like, like it's
4: not, it's not just like a everybody gets their. Yeah. So when we say, so one, I I don't believe no one should ever lose their like right to vote. Right. But so in states, you know, right now, every, just about every state has some type of mechanism or system to clear your record or ask for your record to be sealed or expunged, but it's very cumbersome. You have to go file a petition. You have to probably go pull all your records. You have to take it before the courts. You may have to get an attorney in some states. You have to do paperwork. You have to you wait. Have to pay the fees, right? You have to maybe yeah pay the fees. You have to wait 10 to 12 years. And maybe they say after all that, you can only expunge one record, right? And so what we're trying to do is eliminate that burden on the person that once they have done their time, right? They're, if they're eligible um, under the the crime that may be eligible, whatever, that it'll be automated. That, you know, like after four years, this thing is going to come off my record. And the one thing that I need to like lift up the people, a lot of people have been arrested. I said 70 million to 100 million. This is not just folks who have convictions. This means if you got arrested. Oh. Right. And they don't like, they're like, oh, my God, sorry, busy. I thought you was actually. Right. Tyra. <laughs> and you're like, well, damn, I don't want to, the got arrested. And then, you know, so you're thinking it's, it's a way and actually, no, this thing's still going to pop up and you're going to have to say to people, yes, I've been arrested and it's going to pop up that you've been arrested. So even folks who have had that situation, this will be able to clear their records because, you know, if you've been arrested and it's been dismissed or dropped or wasn't, you wasn't, you shouldn't still have to be dealing with all those barriers or that those collateral consequences like, you know. No, that's possible. insane. It is insane. It is insane. I just came from Rolling Loud. I went to Rolling Loud down in Miami, and I was able to get access to talk to some of the the artists to try to like talk about this issue of Clean Slate and trying to talk about you know the work that Desmond is leading. And I had so many artists who was like, "I need to know about that Clean Slate thing." I had a arrest <laughs> that popped up from when I was even a juvenile that I thought wasn't even there, and I need to get that clear. I can't even get access to you know different things, and so. This issue has impacted a lot of people across the country. It's crazy. Wow.
3: Okay. Who'd you talk to at Rollin'
4: Loud? Can you say? Yeah. So when I was at Rolling Out, so I was a little stockish. Um, I, was just- <laughs> I am. You're too, trying by the to way, do business. Anyway, yeah. no. By the way, I do, I
0: when I go to a festival, Sheena, you can ask my musician friends who I have become friends with them at festivals. I stalk people. I'm like, <laughs> hi. I'm yeah. busy Phillips, I'm an actress and I love your music. Can we hang
4: out? <laughs> right. I have my Let My People Vote shirt on so folks yes. i kind of groupy. You know, I have my hat. The thing is now, I'm I'm realizing that I'm getting old. I'm not as like cool as I thought I was. Like I'm getting, and my son reminded no. me of that because like folks are, like going past me and I'm like, who is that guy? Because I feel like with all the chains, everybody look alike now, with like the chains and I mean. So <laughs> I'm like in line with Desmond and Desmond's like way further off than me with it. So I'm in line with Desmond. I see this guy with all this blue on and like a fancy blue outfit with tattoos. I'm like, I wonder who he is. And I don't wanna be like, Who is that? Later I find out the rapper named Blueface. I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. He had all the blue on. All the blue. Oh but- he played yeah. at my son's high school.
3: Oh, really? That, that's how I'm familiar with, yeah, my son. Wow. Before the pandemic, my son's high school won a prom, like uh, some business, some national chain store for teen clothing was had like a prom sweepstakes, and they brought Blueface to the school to announce that wow. they'd won the prom. But unfortunately, so funny. no proms happened
4: that year. Oh, well, you're more hip than I am because I didn't really know blue face like that. <laughs> I know the music sometimes when I can understand it, but I know the I, I know the music. But, you know, so that day, so Desmond, I, I think he got to, like, talk to Diddy. I was able to... I saw Diddy's son. I, I got to talk to him about what we're doing. I met with K-Camp, really um, great um, guy. Um, he's really interested. You know, he followed up. I uh, met with Tory Lanez. I saw... Um, the first day there was a panel. So Desmond was on the panel with like Rick Ross, oh. Little Kim, Pusha T. And Little Kim, you know, let me tell you, like, I love little I Kim. have like renewed my like fangirl of her when I got to meet her because she talked about her experience. You know, yes. she was incarcerated for a year and she talked about the hardships and also the privilege that she has because of, you know, having the financial resources. But even though it was still a struggle, you know, coming back home, trying to reintegrate. And so really connected with her, really, you know, she does a lot with women, and that's my passion too. Yeah, and so yeah. she's trying to reach back, talking to also other women who've been in that same situation. Um, young Ma from New York, I saw her, got to talk to her about the issue. Uh, it was it was really, you know, it was good being able to engage people. Once they realized, once I threw that pitch in there, they was willing to listen. Cause a lot of the like security was impacted with the managers They're like, you know, these people, you know, they come from communities where it is almost in, inevitable to like being uh, impacted by the system or someone in your family being impacted. So they right. was open to it, and I'm hoping that they will use their platform to uh, really engage folks. Can I'm hoping I, so too. That's,
0: I do. I do too.
3: That's amazing. Uh, I'm really glad you did that, and I'm really glad that people were were willing to take some time to talk to you about it. And also, I hope you had fun. Yeah, I was gonna ask. <laughs>
4: I was gonna ask if you had fun or was it too wild. First of all, let me just say, I'm too old for it. Um, (laughs) It was so much naked bodies. I was like overdressed. That's one. (laughs) Young people like just getting wild, falling out. I was like, oh, Jesus. Um, And then I was there for a purpose. So my husband's yeah. organization partner and they was like registering people to vote. So I was helping with that, like navigate through all that. But all that walking, like every night I'm like popping to leave because my knees were popping. My I was like, I'm getting too old. Give me an R&B or jazz festival. Um I'll go there I, with you. I'll meet you for, for a nice yes. R&B or jazz festival. Let's do that. We'll I go just, to Montreux. <laughs> yes. But that is so not for me. It was raining. I was wet. I was like, this is... I'm too old. I'm getting old. This That, that was... Yeah. <laughs> because she, I know that you and your husband also
3: turn everywhere you go, basically, is like an opportunity to do activism. So I, I know that you are working hard there.
4: <laughs> well, not every... I try not to do every opportunity. Desmond so true story. When we was going through... Because again, when Desmond started the campaign, we had no funding, no money, no staff, no anything. And we met in 2012. Um, we met in uh, capital, the capital here in um, Florida. But anyway, once we got together, he was so passionate about this issue. We would not have date nights. He <laughs> were like, like, oh, I want to take you somewhere. We're going to go drive somewhere. I'm like, okay, this is going to be so cute. We get up to the villages with all the seniors and we're collecting petitions. And I'm like, is this serious? <laughs> this is what. <laughs> This is not what we're doing. I'm like, I know this is not what he's doing. So then it's like, okay, we're going to go to the park. Like we're going to have fun with the kids at the park, but then we're doing petitions. The basketball, I was like, this is not sexy. This is not what I signed up for. (laughs) But I started to understand, right? This is something, he's not going to feel any relief until he was able to get his voting rights back or other people. So it it wore on me. So now I do try to, it's like ministry for me, right? I'm a person Mm. of faith. I feel like you don't have to be in the four walls to do like the kingdom work. Like, this is my ministry to talk to like to advocate mm-hmm. for people to talk to people about this issue. And so but yes, um, I tried to put in self-care after that campaign. I do believe in self-care <laughs> and taking time for myself. I could be a little selfish now.
3: Well, you okay. look good. So your self-care yeah, you look is working. That's what I was going to say. Too. <laughs> What's your favorite form of self-care? It has to be more than a
4: leave. Yes. Yeah, so let me tell you my favorite form. I love dancing. Yes. I love dancing. Me too. I like like dancing, dancing. And um, so I love dancing and I love the beach and water. I'm, I, I, I'm big on I'm taking a trip and just being by the water to like relax. But I'm, I'm big into dancing and um, I try not to dance too much locally because I like to get down and not feel <laughs> down like people take pictures. Everything's on social media. So I don't do as much locally. It's exhausting. Dance. It's exhausting that, that everything's on social media. I love that too. Jet skiing, you know, I go jet skiing. We have a lake close by. I like to go fast on the jet ski, and then a slingshot. I like to be fast in that. So uh, that's my way of kind of exerting some energy as well.
0: Nice. Uh, Okay, so I have I have a question for you. That's a little that's in the same world, but it's a little bit off topic. But it's something that I have been learning more about, and really want to just get your take from somebody who's been in the in it. Mm -hmm. So. You worked with Florida's AFL-CIO
4: Labor Council. Richard Trumka. He passed away today.
3: I did.
0: He did. He passed away today.
4: And yes. Heart goes out to all the labor movement and yeah. folks around there. He was always so kind to me. When I, I, I started to work for the Florida AFL-CIO in 2008, and, you know, they gave me a chance to really do a lot of organizing. And when I would see Trumka come to town, he— was always nice and caring and it took time for the young labor leaders. He passed away suddenly today, and it made me think back to 2008 um, when I started to, I was the coordinator and I was, you know, I had to coordinate the campaigns. Uh, President Obama was running for office at that time and living in Florida. I had to go, you know, work with the building trays in different areas that was reverie, you know, in the country, not trying to hear about a black man running Office and the labor union had endorsed and They was trying to They was getting stuck with the endorsements because they knew this was new to their base. Mm-hmm. In 2008, Richard Trumka got up before the steelworkers convention, and he denounced that and he talked about all the reasons why Obama will be a great leader and to take rate like this race they need to stop and for him to stand up like that. That's when I was like, yes, I I, I enjoyed being under his leadership.
0: Wow, that's was- that's a great story for. I also am a member of the AFL CIO, guys. Just so you know. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm a SAG member. SAG yeah. is SAG is one of the unions that's in the National uh, Coalition of Unions, right, and right. I come from a long union family. My grandfather, my on my dad's side, um, was a labor organizer for the Pipe Fitters.
4: Oh, UA Pipe fitters? yes.
0: Yeah, in Chicago. So anyway. So we're
4: both labor babies. So I'm we're a labor, labor baby. Yes. I grew up under Me the state workers. And I got to shortly work for SEIU when I was working in South Carolina to talk about health care reform before it became the Obamacare. Um, that's incredible. So we know,
0: it is incredible. So we know from being labor babies and uh, members of labor unions and support labor unions, how important and how strong unions can be and so my question to you is about police unions and like what for me when I found out that the that there were that part of what is so tricky with the uh trying to get justice in in with police officers is the union's the police unions that support them. And then when I found out that my own union was in the afl CO with CIO with, you know, some big police unions, not all of them, but, but certainly some of them, I was a little bit like, isn't that antithetical to what unions stand for? Do you know what I'm saying? Because like if we were on the picket lines and a company called the police to get us, up, the police would show up, but they're... Supposedly supposed to be standing in solidarity with us, right?
4: Right. Oh, yeah. So you know, I think folks also. So that has been an issue a lot, like with, with you know the police unions coming out and 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 being a little, I'll I say in my observation, dismissive to what has ha- happened and or like trying to like you know turn a blind eye. But, you know, unions are not like a third party entity. The unions are the people. Like you said, you are a member. I was a member. They're for the people. And the thing is, the people come from all neighborhoods, all walks of life. And mm-hmm. so that's not a good, I don't think that's a really good representation. They're not really representing the way they should. I don't know, Busy. You know, I, I haven't really dug into it. I just know what I've seen. Right. There's been a lot of tension, though, within the 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 unions, the coalitions, that they're not always aligned around right. how things are happening. They're not always aligned about how they um, how they endorse candidates or engage with candidates that could can be toxic to the things that we're trying to do. So, you know, we have a long way to go. Again, I think the most important thing is like educating folks, because at the end of the day, the people who pay those dues to the union are the mm-hmm. people from the communities, right? right. And so right. they have the power to check their union representatives, they have the power to check the council if they're not standing up. And so, you know, I have That's people in right. my family who are in law enforcement, and I will hope that if they're playing their union dues to these certain like police unions, that they're voicing how the police unions should operate in these moments.
3: Yeah. It's a, really, a really good, good point. It's a really good argument for if you're a union member, which I'm also a member of the Writers Guild of America, oh, wow. and uh, my mom was a member of the teachers' union when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, teachers, uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's a really good argument for becoming involved with your union, and I know sometimes it's hard because you're like, I'm in this union because I have a job that's challenging and I need to be protected, and like sort of looking after your interests within the union can sometimes feel like... A second job, you know, like you just want to leave it to the other people, but it's a really good argument for keeping abreast and like exercising your right to vote within that union and to make your voice heard within that union and maybe even taking a position of leadership if you have certain beliefs. I think it's a good way. To sort of get started down the path that a lot of people are expressing more interest in. Like I wanna become active and and run for something, like running for to be a representative in your union is like it's doable. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really I think it's a really good point. You know, when I was
0: younger and I was a member of SAG, I never thought like, oh, my union has anything to do with the police unions. Right. But all unions have something to do with one another. You know, right, right. like stronger together. So you have to show up. So I'm like, oh, the healthcare will be fine for a sec, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, but that's not it. You have to like actually be participatory and know what your union leaders are doing. And when they go to those meetings at the AFL-CIO, like what they're standing for
4: anyway. Right. And I mean, it it translates right into why it's important for us to vote as well, right? You, you want to know what your rep, you, you are sending somebody to represent you in the state capital. You're sending someone to represent you in the U.S. capital. Are they representing your, you know, your needs as a constituent? Like, are they doing that? That's the same thing with the union. And so that's why you see that the most folks in the labor movement, they do vote. They are voters. They mm-hmm. understand the power of that vote right. for the ones who are engaged. And that's the thing that we need to make sure that we're communicating to our community. You can't just say, oh, well, you know. My mom's going to vote for me. No, you vote for yourself. You let your voice be heard. You hold those folks accountable. And so at every level, you know, we should hold our, 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 our folks accountable who represent us. Okay. I want to ask you one last thing. We'll let you go. You'll go, you go back to your beautiful
0: family and all of the work that I'm sure you have for the rest of the day. But what has been the moment, like your proudest moment
4: in this, in this, in this movement? My proudest moment in this movement it had to be when there, there's, there's two, and I'll probably bring it back personal, back to my husband, is when we passed Amendment 4. Because so many people from every piece of the journey said it's not going to happen. Like, it's impossible. One, you can't have a black man leading no big movement. They're not going to fund it. Then it got funding. Okay, well, you're not going to get enough petitions. We got over it. A million petitions uh, where, you, you know, you get on a ballot, but, you know, you got to, you know, marijuana took two rounds. You, you may fail the first time. Over 60 percent voted for it. You know, you're never going to get the conservatives. They over a million of them voted for it as well. And Amazing. so the proudest moment is that we brought people together. But the moment that there's two moments, so I don't just have one, is when we passed it and seeing the the happiness and joy in the room from the people who have been banned from the ballot for so long and that they were so excited to be able to have their voices heard again that they will be able to participate as a citizen right um, in democracy that was exciting cuz people really take it for granted yeah. right but the moment was when um people were able to register to vote but seeing folks cast their first mm-hmm. ballot my husband you know, voting for the first time, you know, because when I ran for office, he couldn't vote for me. Uh, so when to see him to vote and the tears that came down his eyes, and to see people around him and seeing people who were in their like 70s saying, wow. I haven't been able to vote since, it was all since Kennedy. I'm like, this is crazy. You know, seeing an army vet who actually had a similar case to mine, a, a, a bounce check. He was like a, a Purple Heart vet who has fought in wars to protect us being, passed it from the ballot box, you know. So that has been my 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 proudest moment. And now leading the Clean Slate Initiative, seeing that Michigan recently passed the law, that millions will be able to have their record clear and seeing what's happening in Pennsylvania and Delaware just passed the law. Connecticut uh, passed it as well. And, you know, and hopefully New York, you know, was right there. And hopefully next session they'll be able to pass. But just, I'm just really proud in this moment. There's so much that's happening right now in the country, but there's so many moments where we are coming together um, to fight.
0: Well, Sheena, thank you so much for all of your leadership. And if
4: people want to get involved, where would they go? Yes, they could go look at, go look us up at the org. They can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we'll make sure to get back to them. And also on our website, they want to get involved with one of our partners. We have partners in like 12 to 14 states that is doing great work across the country. We'll, be, we'll make sure to connect them.
0: Well, good. I know that everybody, um, in honor of Meghan Markle's birthday, committed to 40 minutes of service. So guys, maybe you can just roll that into Clean Slate. Maybe that's your 40 minutes of community service for Meghan yes. Merkel.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? That was yesterday all over everything. I didn't know. I like was like, I didn't know what it was. And like all these people I follow on Instagram, I was like, Meghan Markle, 40th, 40 minutes. of Okay, sure. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I'll do it. I can do it. I'll do anything for <laughs> Meghan Markle. All right. This service, this
4: service could be this. This 40 minutes, break it up to 10 minutes each to talk to for family members about the issue that you heard today and realize that there's, you know, this issue is not an other. It's a lot of people that you're related to. They're in your congregations, they're in your children's school, they're in your community. Could be your neighbor that you don't even know that may have had a brush with the system and that they deserve a clean slate. Oh,
3: that is incredible. That's, advice. That's a
4: perfect. Yeah, it's perfect.
3: It's perfect. You're perfect. <laughs> just like you. Sheena, thank oh. you so much. Thanks, it's, thank you. Sheena. Such a pleasure to meet you. And so nice to meet you. Thank yes. you for all your hard work. Thank you so
4: much.
0: Guys, wasn't that great? Inspiring. She's so great. Delightful. Leslie Grossman was amazing as well. I just love talking to Leslie. She is just She's a always real delight.
3: just like, like it's, I just love her so much because she's just a regular woman who's on TV. You know what I mean? Like she's like just me. Regular lady vibes. Yeah, like you. Like me. Oh, you know what else I have to talk about? What?
0: Ouch. What's the matter? I am having bad circulation. My hands oh, no. keep going
3: numb. Also, you need it's to not- read
0: that breathing book. I think I do. I don't want
3: to, though. Mm. Do, I'll just. Do you want me just to tell you instructions? You
0: know, I did download this app that somebody recommended to me about breathing. Okay, but I don't know. Again, ugh, this isn't great the way I'm entering into this. Yeah, already I'm like I'm not. I don't care. Yeah, Which I hate it when people do that when they're like I have the secret to making your life better and all the things that you're complaining about we can make better. And then I'm like, it sounds like a lot of work.
3: <laughs> it, I now, mean, listen, it let is. Let just, can I just go paint my owl rocks? And yeah, just, you can. Like, you know what I mean? Listen, painting your owl rocks probably helps too. I think anything that you're doing to help yourself, but... I am sorry that you're having bad circulation and I can't guarantee that breathing differently would help, but I think it might. Might. I don't know. I'll let you know. Mm -hmm.
0: I'll let you know. I think I need to go also... Oh, Jesus. I haven't been sweating as much recently.
3: Right. Because you you haven't been able to work out.
0: Yeah. yeah, Sweating is really important. Yeah. Like really sweating. Like in a hot, hot room. But... My friend, our friend Robin Shore, who I'm not going to do an impression of.
3: (laughs) Robin Shore.
0: But Robin, that wasn't me, that was Casey. (laughs) But Robin Shore has an infrared sauna in her uh, place of residence. So I could go use that because then it's like somebody private. I don't feel like I'll get COVID in Robin's private.
3: Yeah, for sure. Sauna. I really miss our sauna. That was one thing. When we lived in Brooklyn, we had our apartment had a a small sauna in it and I grew to love it just because when you come in from the cold weather to go right in that sauna was so great. And so I missed it when we moved to Connecticut. So we actually did buy like a little cabinet sauna that we kept in our office and um I really do Guys, miss it.
0: I don't know if you're on the infrared sauna
3: train. It is amazing. Yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty good stuff um but yeah look into it do your own research
0: yeah (laughs) I am gonna do I'm gonna do some like working out and then I'm and maybe I'll call Robin and go like sweat it out in the sauna for a bit and maybe I'll feel like maybe my hands will stop being numb Um, but it's not helping my rock painting career
3: that's for sure you're doing a great job with numb hands imagine the rock painting heights so you could reach wow. if your hands were wow, I don't even know what's next. Am I going to make a diorama?
0: I don't know. I don't know. What's my art? We don't know. This is what I'm saying. It's all possible. All things are possible. With circulation. Well, hopefully I'll get that. Yeah. Um, wait, what was I going to tell you? Oh, but here's the other thing. I decided after our Stacey London conversation, I have found a trainer over Zoom great. and I'm going to try her out on Friday and it's like heavyweight stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause you know, strength training. Because, yeah. You, you want to get your what, bones that's right. What, that's what we, as women, as we get older are supposed to like do a little bit. Mm-hmm. I also think the tennis, I've been playing tennis a little bit more cause it's like outdoor activity and blah, blah, blah. I also think the tennis doesn't do great things for my hands
3: oh yeah I think it could be kind of rough on your hands yeah. um, I can I don't know I'm not a tennis player but I know that my husband is a drummer and I'd imagine that that's similar in a lot of ways to playing tennis and I know that it really does bother his hands and wrists when he is hitting things a lot
0: and here's one more thing guys I'm sorry if it just sounds like I'm complaining about everything Casey I'm well, sorry no just, just be sorry him. your list of compl- complaints no here's what it, Okay. Well, two things. Yeah. The flies and mosquitoes in Los Angeles are literally killing me.
3: Yeah. You also hated that in South Carolina.
0: I hate it everywhere I go. Yeah. But I think that there's a proliferation of flies this year. Yes. And I think it's gross.
3: Yeah. Remember, I think it's, we talked about it because it, it probably has to do with climate change and it's probably producing more dead organic material that is like ideal for flies too. We did talk about it. I'm sorry to bring something up, but guys, I just like this morning went on
0: such a rampage trying to kill these flies. Yeah. my The back of my legs look insane. I don't know if I'm being bit by flies or mosquitoes. Like I remember when Los Angeles didn't have mosquitoes. Right. This is a thing I feel very passionately about. Right. Because- I am very sensitive to mosquito bites and I'm just whatever that blood type is where the mosquitoes are like, that's the one we want. Yes. I'm that one. Yes. And there can be like 15 people sitting around a table and no one gets bit and I have 47 bug bites on the back of my legs. Right. Um. So that's number one. <sighs> number two is... Um... You know, we're still in L.A. Birdie's 13th birthday is on Friday. Mm-hmm. And you know what I saw in the, in the rags? What? You know who else is in L.A. And, and was spotted not far from where we're renting this house. I mean, very close, in fact.
3: T-Swizzle?
0: Mr. Oh,
3: <gasps> Even mm-hmm. better.
0: Like literally spotted blocks away from here.
3: That's wild. What do you think are the chances?
0: No, and I don't know what to do with that information.
3: I know it's like, will it be exciting just to know that, or will it be? I don't know.
0: Or do they expect me to be like on their thirteenth birthday on Friday the thirteenth, and here's Harry Styles.
3: Yeah. You know what? I have like such an overactive fantasy imagination that I like at age 13, I probably would have imagined that happening, even though no way in hell that would ever happen. So I tend to tell people like whatever you're fantasizing about, it's not going to be that just FYI. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, yes. Like, did I ever tell you about like
0: when I was in elementary school and I went to my first actual concert I was interested in, which was Debbie Gibson and I love Debbie Gibson electric youth tour respect. And, uh, and I had an actual dream before the concert that I got to go backstage and meet her. Yeah. Like that was my dream. Like I, you know, me and my literal dreams. Yes. Yeah. I had a bunch of dreams about elevators last night. What does that mean? And they were glass. Um, elevators and there were many different ones and I was like nervous to get into them with too many people okay that I mean that's probably probably pretty literal COVID related yeah but what does the other stuff mean and they were high floors and they were going up Mm -mm. well actually I'm trying to think about it I think it was like going all directions I feel like I was just getting on and getting off And getting on
3: other elevators. Yeah, that also sounds kind of literal. Elevators going in every direction and you were getting on and off and didn't know where you were going to end up and why you were doing that. It seems like that's what life is right now. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm not... Okay. (laughs) But I do want to tell you something. Ari Ari the Flies. I know I sent this to you before, but you don't read emails and sometimes you don't read texts because you're busy. But there is a product who is not a sponsor of this podcast, but it is called the Star Bar Captivator Fly Trap. Excuse and me, I'm so sorry. What what's happening? Star what Bar am I right now. Star Bar Captivator uh-huh. Fly Trap. It costs Hold on. like $18. Wait, wait, wait. I think I had one of these. Star
0: Bar. Like Star Starbucks. Bar, all
3: were all one word, Star uh-huh. Bar Captivator Fly Trap. It's like a big mayonnaise jar I'm describing I for people it. at home. It uh-huh, comes with uh-huh. powder. You mix some water in there mm-hmm. and it has like a special top that you like can hang it from like a little hook in your yard. Mm-hmm. The powder that you mix water in smells like um a, bar- a barf poop smoothie. And, uh, but you can't smell it all over your yard. It's just like if you are standing right next to the jar and it is an effective fly trap. But you can't have it in your house. I wouldn't put it in my
0: house. So could I go to like a hardware store to get this or what? What are we doing? Getting I don't hand, know. I
3: ordered it from the company online, but, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so I don't know if they have Did it. Did it really work? Busy. I'm looking at it like right outside my window right now. And it Uh has like four inches of dead flies in it. That's truly disgusting. It's disgusting. But you know where Uh four inches of alive flies are? Not Not, on me. Not on you.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: I can only deliver my personal testimonial about the Captivator.
0: Farnam Home and Garden Star Bar Captivator. Yeah. Fly trap. Okay, here we go. When can I get it? Free delivery August twentieth. Why don't you? I, I don't need it by th- then. I'm done. <laughs> I need it now. You need it now. How am I gonna go? Where am I gonna go? I, uh, am I going? I'm going to an. I'm going to a hardware store. Is what maybe I'm
3: at do, like? Right? I feel like maybe yeah. at like an old school hardware, like an Ace Hardware, might have it. You know. You know what I'm saying? Listen. The
0: good news is you've given me things I can. Uh focus on yeah I I,
3: I mean I really feel like yeah hopefully somebody would have this um but yeah focus on that just focus on knocking down the fly population just a little bit and maybe you'll feel a little bit better
0: and what about and what do we think about uh is there anything to do with uh mosquitoes or no we're just fucked Lincoln got
3: fucked. for Lincoln got for his dad like a an old school bug zapper. So, you know, we're just going old school inhaling the the dust of incinerated mosquitoes, but it's small and it seems to be working quite a bit. I'm so, so sorry. Do you have, what is this? Like just an old school bug zapper. This is maybe like slightly before your time, but when I was a kid, it was all the rage to have a big giant glowing bug light that then is covered with like electrified metal, like has like an electrified metal grate. And then mm-hmm. it literally like cooks every bug that tries to fly toward the light. And so you would just sit outside on a summer night and just listen to the snap, crackle, pop of bugs dying. That was like, bug. what is it called? Like bug a bug zapper, z- A bug zapper, bug zapper. Wow. Look at this.
0: I bet. Been- I do feel like there must be, there must be people that carry this stuff in their in their
3: stores. Oh, a bug zap, a bug zapper! You can one hundred percent buy at any hardware store.
0: I mean, this is like this is what I'm saying. This is the problem for me with these like everything gone on. Like you can't buy anything in. Yes. In stores and everything's like from Amazon. This is why I hate Amazon. Yeah. Mostly because Jeff Bezos is the fucking worst and uh, whatever, but also because he ruined my favorite experience, which we know from last week when talking about the books, instant gratification. Yes. So I want this fucking bug zap. Now I know it exists or I remembered it existed or whatever. Casey's told me, why aren't you just getting a bug zapper? That is logical why am I not just getting a bug? Now I need it today. I need it now. (laughs) I need it actually as soon as we're
3: done with this podcast. I'm going to leave and I'm going to go get one. You'll 100% be able to get one. Also, fun Mm. fact... They sell a lot of, they're not exactly bug zappers, but they sell a lot of tennis looking rackets. Oh, I love those. Wait, I love those. That's electrified. I've had those electrified, and you can swat the bugs, which is very like grat- gratifying. But can I tell you something? When I worked at the Graham Norton show mm-hmm. years ago,
1: mm-hmm. we
3: were constantly sent sex toys, and mm-hmm. uh, because it was that kind of show, mm-hmm. and we received, uh, tennis electrified tennis rackets that were meant for like sex spanking. And we all had lots of fun doing lots of stuff with them, but they are identical. They are the same product to kill mosquitoes or to like shock your lover's bottom.
0: It's so funny because Mark and his friend were telling this story the other day about like the good old days of their twenties and in which they described another friend at a game night being punished for losing a thing. And the punishment was, and this was like an agreed upon thing. He put on an electric dog collar and ran through the fence.
3: <laughs> naked. He was naked. Can I just anyway, say something about Mark? His game nights, they've gone very hard. Much they went hard. hard. Much oh, harder than hard. any other game night I've ever
0: heard They of. went hard. Okay. Uh, wait, before we leave you, I want to say guys, the book club is on. Book club yeah. is on. Heather Matarazzo literally just texted, bought this in Michigan. Are we really going to be doing this end high?
3: Yes. Yes. So yeah, we're just figuring out a platform, a venue, how to do it. So if you haven't gotten the book yet, get No One is
0: Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood. Emily Beebe says there's quite a wait list at the library. Mm. Maybe you have to suck it up. Maybe you have to share with people. Maybe, I don't know. Be yeah. creative. Start your own chats about it. Yeah, You, you can book share. Um, that is going to happen. But read the book. No one is talking about this by Patricia Lockwood. Uh, and then the last thing I'm going to leave you with is uh, before we started, I was opening a box because, of course, I was. And uh, our friend Hillary Kerr, who we should really have on this podcast, yes. who has yeah. the Second Life podcast, which is so amazing, but yes. also started, was one of the founders of Who, What, Where Yes, Hillary. Kerr. Love. They just launched like a clothing collection, the Who What Wear collection, which is different than their Target line. Okay, because they have like Who What Wear at Target. This is like I think a bit more, um, investment-worthy pieces. Okay, is how they describe it. Okay, tell me this model does not look like if me and Kelly Oxford had a baby. Look.
3: Oh, I think it, yeah, I think it looks, can you see that? Yeah. It looks exactly like Kelly Oxford to me, but like, Oh really? Your, I see the nose. No, but your nose, I was just going to say like your nose. Yeah. And, it's mostly and Kelly Oxford.
0: It's mostly Kelly Oxford. And then it's my nose and maybe like, like, I don't know. My that's, neck. That's,
3: that's, yeah, that's really interesting how weird. It's weird. In, in case you ever wondered, and speaking of uh, models, we don't have models for our merch, but new merch is going up on bravegowns.com. I'm so sorry.
0: Who do you think that I am?
3: The no, model I know, but, for our merch. Yes, but you don't what the your pictures won't be on the website just now. It's like an Instagram. Right. You know, it's just like I'm gonna. Put, I'm gonna load it up on Instagram tomorrow when we load up the podcast. Oh, great! That'll be so yeah. fun. But yeah, new stuff is going up. People are loving uh, Grandma Moot's sweatshirt. So, uh, we're we're doing matching sweatpants, I believe. Yes, they're coming. The sweatpants are being designed. I don't know and why. I just up There we go. As we speak. Um, okay, great, great. Okay, great, <laughs>
0: great. Okay, gosh. that's great. Listen, you guys. Per usual, we love you. Send us some pictures of your own crafting. Tell us what you're doing your best at this week. Tell us what you would like more of. Tell us that you're going to join our book club. Tell us that you love us because we love you.
3: Bye. Bye.
0: Oh, no.